0: So I was in boot camp when 9-11 happened. This is serious, guys, like, because you're going to war now. Some of these Taliban guys, they would be screaming on their phones to their other Taliban guys saying, the men with green eyes are here, the men with green eyes, because all you see is that little green glow. And basically, if the men with green eyes showed up, you're all dead. You're all dying. The original intent of this country was the civilians to be armed just as well as the military. What if we get overrun by a foreign nation? I was captivated by what was happening. I like out of control type things and I wanted to stick around like in how week
1: each day because of what are they going to do next? Well, someone might die from this. Guys, welcome back. Today we have an excellent show for you. Super duper excited about our guest. going to give you a little bio to introduce him. Our guest today served as a U.S. Navy SEAL from 2001 to 2010, he was a breacher, team leader, Spent time at the Naval Special Warfare Training Detachment Assault Cell, teaching East Coast SEAL teams close quarter combat tactics. From 2010 to 2012, served in the SEAL team reserves, uh, Team 18. Uh, Since leaving the SEAL teams, uh, has worked in a variety of hired gun security contract roles in the U.S. and overseas. Was a GRS agent for the CIA, and high-risk personal security detail, protecting CIA field agents in combat environments in the Middle East. So if you've seen the movie... Uh, 13 Hours, a Benghazi movie. Um, It's that role. Uh, Was also an anti-piracy security operator deployed aboard container vessels in international waters and high-threat areas conducting anti-piracy operations. He's trained elite law enforcement units across the U.S. on close-quarters tactics. And then most recently, is the owner of Vanilla Guerrilla Security, tactical training company, teaching law enforcement organizations and civilians the skills necessary to protect themselves, their families, and their communities. Ben Wallach, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave.
2: So basically what he's saying is don't cut this man off in traffic <laughs> or leave a bad comment. Cause he could kill you 10 ways to Sunday.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's always a joke that a, that a team guy can kill you with a toothpick. And I had a high school buddy after I graduated buds, I was on leave and he's like, he's like, Hey man, can you, can you
1: kill me with a toothpick now? And I'm like, got the toothpick. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's find out. You didn't bring well, any tonight though, right? No.
2: Okay, I will say this though. A lot of guys that I do meet that are, are at that level, <clears throat> it takes a long time for them to, to get mad you know like they they have yeah. seen so much in life it's like bro you're not you're not going to make me fight you you you're an idiot just just calm down
0: but, but the thing is that like at the end of the day like the, the team's focus is not hand to hand combat right. like, you know you you have combatives you you learn we tie striking and jiu jitsu stuff but it's not that's not the focus because there's very very few situations where you're going to be without your your weapon your firearm and if you are like it's Something real bad happened, mm-hmm. so it's kind of like dudes in the teams that are really good at that combative stuff and 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 fighting are a most of them are bar fighters and learn it anyways in bar mm-hmm. fights, or b they kind of do that more. I mean, they would bring guys out to the team where you could learn jujitsu stuff, mm-hmm. but it was more kind of like on your own type thing, you know. So it's kind of like guys would tap into it more if that was like their thing and
2: their hobby.
1: You joined out of high school, and didn't you wrestle in high school?
2: Yeah, I did. Yeah. Okay. Now, did you know early on that you wanted to be in the seals, or?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so I mean,
0: not particularly the seals. I mean, I. I so I, I mean, I, we've talked about this before. I saw the movie Predator when I was six years old. It changed my life. And I, after the movie, I was out painting myself in mud out in the backyard. Um, and so you know, from that point on, I knew I wanted to be a commando, but it was more like a pipe dream. It wasn't like, is this something real? And then I started getting to high school. I started you know, getting into books and being like, oh, this is something I can do. And so I got all the books of every, you know, every every different special forces unit that's out there and see what programs they had available. And because I wasn't really big into the Navy because of water or being on ships or anything like Mm. that. So, but I, every one of the books kept saying that BUDS was the hardest program to get through. And I was like, well, I have to go to that one. See, that's a
2: special person (laughs) when they say this is the hardest. Most people go, oh, I'll go over here then. So you were attracted to it right yeah but
0: you that. have to understand like i like i like i'll compete over jenga and and and, and punch <laughs> you in the face like like i'm so competitive that, that i can't like I, I couldn't go to like you know army sf school you know to the q course if i knew that that buds was harder for all my army guys out there they'll probably say it's harder but yeah right but the books all said that because of hell week it's the hardest selection process with the highest washout rate so i'm like well i guess
2: i'm doing that it takes a special person. I was reading, and the type of people that actually make it through are usually not the people that you would assume. Like to the average person, that that person's going to make it through, buds. No, like, you no, think, I, oh, that buff guy, he's going to make it, or or the the jock from you know high school is going to make it. And it's usually the person who you think might not have it, what it takes to get through it, and they're the ones who go through sometimes.
0: Why, why is there, there's, there's a mix of both. Like there's some dudes, like when I showed up to buds, like you're obviously profiling every individual, like if they made it through, like, I'm doing this, you know, like some (laughs) of these dudes that I, you know, I see and, and, but you know, some of the dudes are very unassuming, but then there's some dudes who like fit the, fit, fit the mold you have, you have every, you know, size, shape and, and character under the sun that, that, that makes it in. But they actually did a study that like a high percentage of dudes that wrestled in high school make it through buds.
2: Because um, the, the
0: particularly pain. because you, you're used to you know putting your your physical flesh out of its element you're used to suffering you're used to discomfort you know and and wrestling wrestlers have that kind of you know the type of dudes that make you know that are team guys where the humor and everything else that it mm-hmm. just kind of goes along with it so they found that wrestlers do a lot of them make it make it through buds and then they also found in one of the studies that i remember that, that that when they profiled, because they make use like psych stuff and all that kind of stuff. That like many buds graduates profiled in like the
1: serial killer <laughs> compatibility. I mean, compatibility. If, if you
2: need someone to go kill somebody,
1: like I mean, that is the job in a lot of respects, right? Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, sometimes it, it is. I
0: mean, go to strange places, meet exotic people, and kill them.
2: <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah. That's a good good summary. I feel like, uh, but it's such a hard thing to get through in buds. You hear about it all the time. Having been someone that you went through this. Uh, was it as hard as they said it was?
0: I don't know. I mean, like if I went through buds now, I'd probably be like, I'm out you know, <laughs> 41, just kind of broke, but like at 18 years old, man, like it was my entire universe. Like, you know, and I was the youngest, me and another dude were the youngest dudes in my class. And so most of the older dude guys that make it through were in my, like mid twenties to late twenties. Mm. Just because they kind of they've already kind of established themselves of what they want to do in the trajectory of their life, okay. So they're they they've gone to college, like you know this is worthless, you know, and and then they they're like this is what I want to do. Because at the end of the day, like you don't have to be a triathlete. Like I was in insane shape. Like I was in you know I was fastest runner in my class, you know, fastest whole course. Like I, I but I overtrained when I showed up. I, I really didn't need to be in that kind of shape because you have to be in shape, but not triathlete shape. Well, like, like people think. You, you basically, at the end of the day, you really just want to do it. Like, you want to do it. And so, for me, you know, I, I you know, A, like, there was no way I was going to call my dad and tell him that I quit. Like, I was scared. I was more scared of, like, doing that than a BUDS instructor.
3: Hmm.
0: um, Because I was one of those, you know, I was one of those kids growing up where like,
3: look at this dad, you know,
0: every five minutes. Like, hmm. you know, wanted to impress him. And so, I wasn't going to do that. And, and B, my personality is is... I like out of control type things, and so like in in Hell Week and all the different you know uh, evolutions they put you through. Like I I I wanted to stick around like in Hell Week each day because of, well, what are they going to do next? Well, someone might die from this. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like, yeah, like yeah, you yeah, know yeah, to where yeah. like like they're they're going to have to pull us out of the surf zone eventually, oh, yeah. and, and and you know and just like but if they don't like someone's going to really hype out and die, and then you just kind of like I was sticking around like oh let's see what's going to happen, and then the anticipation of that you know the next day passes and then the next day and then it's friday and they're coming out with the flag and sc- securing us for the week and it's just you know i i mean everyone everyone in hell week like entertains the idea of quitting and you know you do it because you're miserable but it was fun for me in a way, it, in a twisted way i mean okay. yes it sucked and it it was uncomfortable but it was like i was captivated by what was happening like and the mm-hmm. instructors the way they were and i was just like and, and i and i started to build you know I wanted to impress the buds instructor like my dad. So it was like a deranged father figure thing where I was, you know, trying to like impress them with like my skills. And so I, that's just kind of,
2: but you need <clears> that. <throat> you need to have that. If you don't believe it, you're going to make it through.
0: Yeah. Well, not yeah, no, if you, if, if you are questioning, like if there's any doubt in your mind that this is what you want to do, like Wednesday night, a hell week or Tuesday, well not Wednesday? Cause most dudes make it through that make it past Wednesday, but Monday, Tuesday night, you know, in the surf zone, you know, you're, you're, you're going to quit or, or Sunday night is like the worst night after breakout. Cause they want to set the tone for what it's going to be like the rest mm-hmm. of the week, you know? And, and you think that, that, that Sunday night is going to be that, you know, intense the rest of the week. And so they mess with, you know, you're thinking like, there's no way I can do Monday, Tuesday because the instru- bus instructors will be like Sunday night. They'll be like, don't worry guys. All you have is Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday <laughs> night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday. And you're thinking like, your head. Mm-hmm. no way if you only think from like evolution to evolution or like at some point what we're doing right now has to stop and something else has to happen. It's, it's easier on your mind to manage that and not quit.
1: Yeah. So you had one of the few buds courses that was filmed. A lot of it filmed. Yeah. Um, right. Is that yeah.
0: I, I, and I, and honestly, I don't know why our class proctor like walked around with one of those old school, you know, cameras, but he yeah. did and just filmed stuff. Like, so
1: you've got a copy of that,
0: yeah. And he gave us he gave us DVDs, and uh, and then you know you actually transferred them all to digital for me, and I've been posting them on social media and things like that. So that's the stuff <clears> that
2: I was seeing on your, your page.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so they're they're different that, clips. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's like four hours of raw footage, and then what Dave did was he he. He individually, because my dad went through the DVDs piece by piece and time marked every time I showed up, even if it was like oh, wow. walking by or whatever. That's such and a bad so,
2: thing to do. <laughs> I know. So he,
0: he he did that, and then he and then I gave that time marker to Dave, and then Dave, you know, he, he transferred the raw footage, but then you know, isolated the individual clip. So,
1: but you're you talk about your breakout, and <clears throat> I, you know, I think anybody who's interested in this stuff has seen some Of those breakout sessions that first night, essentially, of, of Hell Week, where it's it's complete chaos. But, yeah. um, and I've explained a breakout session. To well, me. so I want to, I want okay. him to explain that, okay. but yours is like the craziest I've ever seen. Um, it's intense and do it's you, like, do you
2: mind if we actually add some of that to as you talk? Yeah, about we'll show it. Oh, yeah, we'll yeah show you, show it. you guys oh, should you add, got, that, okay.
1: add that. Stuff, but tell yeah. us about what breakout is and like your breakout and kind of what you were thinking through that.
0: So, Hell Week starts on a Sunday evening, like they, they make you stay out on the beach like during the day and then you. Kind of come out of the tents and stuff, and then right when the sun's going down, and you're looking out into the ocean, and they basically make you sing the national anthem. And right as that sun is like, and they do it, time it right as it's starting to get dark. And then they get every buds instructor, like from all different phases, as many as they can, to come out of every orifice of, of behind every sand dune with sixty yeah, M60s with blanks. And they light off a bunch of you know you know flashbangs and all kinds of stuff to cause just complete chaos. And then they bring you into this area called the Grinder. Uh, which sadly doesn't exist anymore because the Bud's compound got changed to a new, new location because that grinder's got major history, man. It's really? got, yeah, that's yeah. where students have quit, line their helmets up. It's got little little uh, fin marks for where you stand to do PT and stuff like that. But they bring you into that grinder area and you're, and you're supposed to stay in your boat cruise. And there's really no, there's no point to the evolution other than to just make it chaos, like,
2: welcome to Hell Week. We got your asses for five days.
0: In the video, you hear like I mean, they had like large flashbangs going off. They had 60s, like multiple 60s going off at one time, and then they bring you into that grinder area in your boat crew, and you're supposed to stay with your boat crew. And then they they have the San Diego Fire Department come out, and or I think it's the San Diego Fire Department, but uh, they have a deck gun, which is like the large gun on top of the fire on the engine, and they're just spraying it into the grinder, so it feels like a monsoon, yeah. like and and it fills up. I mean, it fills up almost to your to your knee with water. I mean, it, that deep. I mean, not maybe your knee, but it it fills pretty high with water. And so you just run around, and then instructors try to separate students from their boat crews and see if they notice and all that kind of stuff. Basically, they just try to, you know, like wolves, like savage wolves trying to, like, find prey. They'll find dudes that are separated. Where's your boat crew? And then if they're not with their boat crew, then they'll beat them, and then they'll beat the boat crew for not having the individual. But it's total chaos. You don't even know where half your guys are all the time because they're taking individuals from different boat crews, and you're just running around not holding each other's shoulder like a bunch of idiots. You know,
1: do a lot of guys quit in that period? A few, like they're like, oh
0: man, if this is going to be the whole week, like I can't. Well, I think in the video you hear the the bell ring a couple times, but sometimes you can't trust that because instructors would ring the bell. Oh, okay. You Mm. know, to make it seem like guys are quitting, so other guys that are like thinking about it, like, oh, other guys just quit. I'm going to quit. So. They might have I don't remember I it, you know it was chaos for whatever the boat crows with boat crows with but no not too many people quit from breakout itself it's later on in that in the evening when you're in the surf zone and they're doing stuff with you where you start to you know contemplate the week's mm-hmm. activities wow. as as a whole
2: mm. so it's literally hell week
1: he's sitting i kind of watch this yeah. he's sitting there thinking they're like what are they going to do next? Somebody might die. This yeah. is amazing. And me and other guys are like, I might be the one that dies. I, <laughs> I, should I probably quit.
3: Yeah. It
0: was at least, you know, until you, I mean, you're obviously, like I said, you, you get miserable, but I was just too entertained by what was happening. It was just too interesting for me at the point at that point in my life. And you couldn't really hurt me physically. I mean, you could, but I was in pretty good shape at 18.
1: All right. So, so you <clears> get through buds, <throat> you do well, sounds like, um, where where do you land then what team do you go to from there so
0: uh i i ended up filling out like a they let you fill like a dream sheet say west coast or east coast um obviously the west coast weather is beautiful but I'm, i i don't like a lot of the friggin granola eaters out there <laughs> so i uh i picked to go to the east coast and ended up going to team two um where i remained pretty much the rest of my career
1: so. that's in virginia right? Yeah
0: in uh, little creek naval the base
1: okay so, can you tell us a little bit about like your time at team two like it, it was uh you know it was what a total of like eight years that you were with that team doing your thing
0: yeah so um i was a team two but so originally i checked in a teammate but i don't really consider myself like i don't put in my bio or anything because i really only did like three months Team teammate before i got shocked over to team two because mm-hmm. what happened was is like with the wars going on you know this is like you know late 02 early 03 uh, they were pumping dudes overseas for rotations and um, they called it force 21 where they just, they needed m- tons more dudes to deploy. So we actually got chalked over to two and did like half of a workup cycle, which you would normally do and then deploy.
1: So teammate, did you say before teammate is a jungle like focused or had been, is that right?
0: Oh, well, no. So before nine eleven, the teams had different areas of operations, at least on the East coast, Um, you know. And it team four was like the jungle team, they would oh, go down okay. to South America, uh, do stuff. Team eight was uh the the Marg team where they would go on like a, a ship and then like deploy off the ship and mm-hmm. do stuff. Okay. Team two was the winter warfare team where I mentioned to you guys, they would just go to Norway and party with the Marine with the Jaeger's yeah, yeah. Norwegian Special okay. Forces.
2: Guys, I have a so. dumb question,
0: yeah. <clears throat>
2: He's like, Yeah, here goes. <laughs> <laughs> um, you said team four team eight team case okay, so how many teams actually are there what's the range of which it starts so, and where it ends
3: yeah
0: so there's east Coast teams are two four eight and ten and okay. then west Coast one three five and seven okay and you at least when I was in there was about sixty dudes per team now it's a small group it's a lot more mm. like sixty to eighty dudes but more 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 on the sixty side uh, now it's a lot larger groups like okay. than when I was
3: in
2: but still, like, out of 320-plus million people in America, there's like this itty-bitty-bitty-bit like yeah. amount they, of guys who can do that.
0: Yeah, I think the Navy, you know, it's funny, like, someone will say, like, you know, call me, like, you know, shipmate or something or whatever. And I'm like, I wasn't in the Navy. And they're like, yeah, you were. And I'm like, I was like 0.001% of the Navy or something like that, you know. Because <laughs> um, we didn't like, you know, not anything against the Navy, but, like, mm-hmm. we always kind of wanted to stay completely separate from.
1: It's a pretty different task yeah. that you guys have a different different like uh mission
0: i was gonna- yeah i mean and like you know team guys sometimes treated regular navy guys not very well like you yeah. know they would have certain derogatory names and things like that yeah just because you know it, it's a it it's a culture that sometimes in, in in negative ways can breed you know arrogance mm. in a way you know especially when you take young guys you throw them in there and say you're the best thing since sliced bread and they get a big head and they think they're freaking awesome. Mm. And they're really not that great at the end of the day. You know, they're not that cool, uh, you know, but the... he you uh,
2: they're not cool? I was going to say, I mean, like,
1: <laughs> if you say so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I mean, I was going to, as a joke, wear Go Army <laughs> t- t- today on this shirt. <laughs> but Dave's was like, nah, don't worry, don't do it. Oh, Is God. there actually but- rivalry? Because I I, mean, I grew up watching, like, the football games between, <clears> between <throat> them. You know, you see Navy and... Air Force, or well, Air Force, for you guys and...
1: it'd be what like seals and SF yeah guys so there's rivalry not
0: in you know there you know there's not like the army navy you okay. know rivalry but there's rivalry like within spec ops groups you know mm-hmm. and that grs job that i did you know was a conglomeration of spec ops dudes. so there was a ton of you know that going on when, is
2: it just a lot of fun though like just poking fun yeah at each it's, other? It's,
0: it's fun and at the end of the day like regardless of what soft unit you're attached to it's all the same dude yeah yeah it is it's all the same dude they're all good dudes they all wanted friggin' gunsling and, and, and get some, you know, shoot some dudes. And, and they, they're all, they all, they'll have that same, you know, attitude and mentality that I mentioned about, you know, you know, me and buds and what brought me to buds. They, they all have the same thing. It's just, they chose that route and that's where they ended up. You know, they didn't choose the buds route.
1: The timing that you joined the Navy in 2001. Yeah. It's very interesting timing. Like anybody that joined the military, especially pursuing a combat Role. Yeah, you you can't ignore the proximity to September 11th. So I think, did you join prior to that? Is that what you said? You had joined prior to the September 11th attacks.
0: Yeah. So I was in boot camp in Navy boot camp when 9/11 happened.
1: Let's talk about that because I think you you've mentioned that a lot of the SEALs that that came before you had spent very little time, if any, in combat. Yeah. And this will lead into a tactics conversation. But what was the the overall Uh, like mood in the teams um, especially for like some of these new guys that like it was a it was a badass role badass unit but it was like official now you guys like you said you were going to get into this pipeline to be shipped off to war you were going to see combat like what was that
0: i mean even in buds like i remember buds instructors were more uh violent towards students because you're going to war now you know what i mean like like this is serious guys like you're like trying to weed out even further because like you guys are actually going to go sling light overseas wow and, and, you know, this is real for you guys before that, like in nineties, it was all Clinton era guys mm-hmm. that saw no combat, you know, and they didn't even get that great of gear or training. you know, I was total Bush era and we got anything we, you know, gear was, you know, like a friggin candy store throwing you stuff and, and good trips. And, and, uh, you know, and that first, you know, those first rotations overseas, a lot of those, I mean, pretty much all of the older guys had never actually fired their weapons in combat.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, even SEAL Team Six, which is in in Virginia as well, which is called Development Group, you know, even they weren't seeing combat. I mean, there was some isolated little tiny things, you know, going on, you know, here and there, but it's not like the movies where you think team guys are just jumping out of helicopters and airplanes, you know, going on these secret missions all over the world. It's not like that at all.
1: Like I said, this leads into I think a tactics conversation we've talked offline about, but like explain how that going from guys that had not been. In combat a whole lot, well-trained, serious dudes, but had not spent the time in combat like guys of your era that, you know, fought in the global war on terror. What effect did that have on tactics?
0: It had an effect on our tactics across the board because honestly, much of our tactics, you know, not only including CQB or CQC, but land warfare tactics were Vietnam Hmm. stuff. Because really, if you look at it, like from the SEAL perspective, like Vietnam was the last time team guys were in like heavy combat. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, you know, in, in high school, I read like every Vietnam SEAL book you could imagine, you know, which was cool for me, like when we started going overseas in the wars, because, you know, in Vietnam, they called team guys, the men with green faces, because mm-hmm. some VC would just, they'd, they'd show up and, you know, some VC would get stabbed, you know, in the face by a man with a green face. And then in the wars, like early on in Afghanistan, especially with team guys ro- rotating over there and stuff, um, you know, they didn't know that we had this night vision technology and all that stuff, conventional mm-hmm. Units did not operate at night, only, only we did for the most, or soft units for the, for the most part. And, you know, they would, they would intercept cell phone traffic and stuff from some of these Taliban guys that we were, you know, hitting targets on. And they would, they would, they basically say, they would be creeped out and screaming on their phones to their other Taliban guys saying, the men with green eyes are here, the men with green eyes, because mm. all you see is that little green glow, mm.
2: from, you
0: know, behind the, the Gosh, nods.
2: that would be terrifying. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And basically, if the men with green eyes showed up, you're all dead. You're all dying. And they were very scared. Okay. yeah so yeah. that that was kind of nostalgic for me with you know reading all those books you know in 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 high school about the men with green faces but uh but back to your original you know point like so those tactics were all old because for decades they hadn't been battle tested so we start rotating overseas guys are experiencing actually getting shot at from hardened opposition on targets and they're like whoa why this doesn't work guys mm. you know like a lot of a lot of stuff came out of the wars
1: what was it that wasn't working,
0: particularly with regard to CQB or CQC, which is essentially called close quarter clearance, or what's, close quarter battle.
1: Or, what's the difference? Are they the same thing, or?
0: they're the same thing. CQB is kind of like an older school, like a '90s era type name. I mean, it was called CQB when I first came in, um, but now it's called CQ close quarter combat. I, I call it close quarter clearance because it's essentially clearance of a structure inside some, you know, small spaces. You know, clearing rooms and spaces um, inside a structure. That changed, you know drastic i'd say amongst all the tactics in the seal teams that changed dramatically uh, when guys start rotating overseas cuz before that it was all what you call hostage rescue style cqc or dynamic cqc where you're busting into a room as fast as you can hairs on fire you know multiple guys you know as many dudes as you can get in that room and you're just you know clearing the room and stuff and you know when I when I showed up you know as a new guy at the team that's how we we did everything you know the instructors like we have a shoot house where it's like you know a structure built where live, it was all live fire you know you're sh- shooting live fire going into rooms you know and and which was felt sketchy but that's that's what it was you know they they have changed since then to like UTM and different options where it's still realistic but dudes aren't gonna die if they get hit because i actually had a dude in front of me get shot by another dude down the hallway mm. um you know with an accidental
1: discharge with a with a real round yeah oh yeah geez. yeah he, i mean he, he got it?
0: shot in the arm he you know we came out of a hallway and the dude had an accidental discharge at the end of the hallway and he shot my buddy in front of me
1: in the arm but um
0: so he was fine
1: what happens with that is there like a disciplinary process for that or is that like oh uh, that happen?
0: yeah <laughs> there there was he was a uh he was a strap hanger, which means like he wasn't in our platoon. He was just so some dudes need to go through that block of training and they're another team or another platoon, and then they they join up with with that platoon just to go through it. So he was just a strap hanger. This is hilarious, not hilarious, but so he shot my buddy. So in the teams, like especially at this place called Shaw's, where we did all of our CQB training or CQC training, you, you certain infractions are certain amounts of beer, you know, de- <laughs> depending on what that you know the infraction is sure. now shooting a guy typically pretty high. Sh- typically a blue on blue <laughs> shooting your buddy it's not really a, a you know you've gone above and beyond like paying for beer now you're just going to get you know canned like you're yeah. g- you know you're going to get sent back and wow. there's going to be some bad bad things that happen to you but he he had asked jared about what kind of alcohol he liked and i, well, I shouldn't use his name but no one knows his last name but anyways yeah, sure. he, he asked him what 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 kind of alcohol he liked, and he didn't like any. He was going to buy him like some. The guy that shot him was going to buy him some fine, you know, fine whiskey or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he like, no, I just I like Bud Light. Which at the time, you know, it was normal Bud Light, you know, not not Bud Light now. But
1: uh, early two thousands, yeah,
0: Light. yeah, early two thousands Bud Light. But he just said like, oh, I just I, I just no, I like Bud Light or whatever. But this one dude that shot him, he comes into because there was two houses that dudes lived in on that on that training facility. He comes into our house. We're all in the living room, and he's got this six pack of Bud Light. And we're like, hey, bud, like, what's the Bud Light for? And he's like, is Jared here? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, this is for him. And we're like, and he sets it on the table, and we're like, six-pack of Bud Light for shooting, buddy? (laughs) He should have rolled up with a truck, man. What? (laughs) (laughs) And then then he's like, well, that's what he said he liked. And and then he leaves. And we're like, and, and I don't know if you remember those old Bud Light commercials. Where it's like, here's to you, yeah. Mr. Blah Blah Blah. Yeah. We came up with this whole Bud Light commercial. Here's to you, Mr. Blue on Blue. Shoot
1: my buddy in the arm.
0: <laughs> like, like, but it was so
1: terrible. Like, you did he did not think they were even at that point in time?
0: I, <sighs> I don't know.
1: But that, that would be a great Bud Light ad. Like, it's that good. You can shoot your buddy in the arm and like a six pack. Yeah. That'll make it all better. I
2: don't think that would save them now. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I, it I it was. That. We were. We were just like. This, wow. No way did
1: this just happen. So, did I mean was he okay? Did your buddy go back into? Yeah, he you
2: know? had a
0: he had just a through and through. You know, it, it was just a uh, you know just a oh, and right, right, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just it like was like the one
2: I had through. Thursday. You know? It wasn't.
0: Standard. It was just merely a flesh wound. Yeah, movie. it wasn't bad. We also had this thing that teams were like, if guys got hurt or <laughs> crapped out on a train evolution or something like that in their locker, they'd have a bottle of Vagisil hanging. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, when they came back, and unfortunately, someone had put that in in. Jared's locker, you know, a bottle of vagisil, and it's like, dude, you just got shot.
1: That that's pretty uh,
0: But they're rough. just like, you know, rub, you know, rub thoroughly. <laughs> and it might help your your healing process. Okay.
1: Did it help? No.
0: <laughs> but sure guys were just i mean
2: <laughs> so so you had actually shown me a charlie sheen um movie that yeah. uh, that was so accurate one of the greatest seal movies the ever. greatest seal movies can we actually pull that up, Irene? <laughs> i want to see that what is do you have that in the link by any uh, chance
1: i have a scene from that movie i yeah. don't have the scene that he showed us what
2: scene was it that you particularly showed me that was just absolute chaos
1: I well, mean, I show the scene in my in my
0: CQC classes where they they bust in and they're coming out out of the roof and g- breaking through the glass and they're all coming in and I'm just like, yeah, this isn't how we do things in real life.
1: <laughs> but I do want to talk about like with with your class. So like th- today, you've you've created vanilla guerrilla security. I don't not today today, but like <laughs> yeah, modern yeah. day. Um, and so you're teaching law enforcement agencies, you're teaching civilians um, some of these tactics that. Um, Have evolved over time and that have been battle tested proven to work yeah um what are some of the things like just in a nutshell maybe this is hard to kind of condense but like what are some of the things that you're that you're teaching these these organizations now and showing them um you know you talk about like this hair on fire intense dynamic um you know tactics and strategies like what what are you showing now
0: so you know what we start what we learned real quick in the wars was with dudes that wanted to throw down, you know, and, and a lot of these guys were in it to win it, man. The fundamentalists, and uh, when 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 you have
1: enemies, you're saying,
0: yeah, when yeah. you have when you have these types of combatants, <clears throat> you know, guys you're going against that are are ready to 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 shoot you when you come through that threshold of that door, you know, they're 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 in there and they're they're armed to the teeth and and they're they're slinging lead. When you run into spaces, you know, like the typical old school, you know, even the old school SWAT, you know, shows you watch and, and different stuff like that, someone's dying. Someone's going to take rounds uh, at the end of the day. Now, in a, in a hostage rescue situation, like that, you have to go dynamically into a space, meaning you come up to that room and boom, violence of action. You're in that space and and, and you and you dominate. But but that but only in a hostage rescue situation, you know, sh- should that be done. Be, be and, and in that case, you are essentially placing the life of the hostage or the innocent person above yours. And so you're willing to take that risk, but 90, per, you know, 90 something percent of the the missions that we did overseas were just capture kill, just jerks with guns. Mm. And why are we running in? You know, so not only early on we would land like the helicopters on the target, and then we'd hit the target, and then it'd be, you know, flying into these rooms trying to clear them. And not, so now they know we're here, mm-hmm. and now they're waiting for us in rooms. And now we open that door. Guess what's coming through that door? Lead.
3: Mm. Yeah,
0: and guys are getting ate up. And, and and very quickly they're like, Hey, why are we doing this guys? You know, I mean, I was in in high school, I was a big paintball dork, you know? And, and that's what my buddies and I did and spent all my money on paintball stuff. And, but like when I I remember we would go to this old Western village and when we play paintball and when you play paintball, you're, it's, it's sneaking, you know, it's hunting. You're like peeking around stuff. You're looking for other dudes to shoot. Like, and then I, that's kind of how I was used to doing CQC or, you know, that type of stuff. And I get in the teams and we're just running into rooms with our hair on fire, shooting live fire. The instructors are in the cadre above us, screaming at us, throwing water bottles, like yelling at us while we're doing it. And I'm like, this feels out of control. And it's like, but this is a SEAL team. It's like, mm. this, is, this is how they do it. You know, this is how they do business. And a couple years, you know, or a year or two into the wars trip back to paintball
3: (laughs) Mm, where
0: where you're 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 popping a door or you're coming up to an opening of a space and you're slowly starting to pie around using distance and angles and cover and concealment you know what you have outside of that room you know into your tactical advantage and seeing as much into that space situational awareness into that space before you commit to it because then you have options like if you come up to a door and there's a dude ready to throw down in there you pop that door and lead starts coming through it, mm. like, you have options, right? You can get off the target. You can frag rooms like we did. You know, you can throw frags in. You know, obviously, in the law enforcement world, that, that's not applicable. But, you know, you have options at that point. Once you run in, once you – if you dynamically enter that space immediately, you're committed to that space. Wow. And and you, you know, could potentially get in a 50-50 gunfight with a dude, that and someone's going to die.
2: What and, an and, expensive and, price to pay, though. <clears> just <throat> having to learn it the hard way. This isn't something it, well, like –
0: and yeah, and, and the thing is, is like unfortunately, a lot of these tactics that we developed in the wars were paid in blood yeah, because so guys, and and you know, I hate to say this, but like because of a little bit of arrogance and pride in the way things guys did things, you know, that were older before, they didn't want to shift over to what we call deliberate CQC. Or early on in the wars, was, was called combat clearance. We called it, but then it, now it's called deliberate CQC. But they didn't want to shift because you know the older guys were like, that's not aggressive. You know, cause it's slower, you know, it, it's more calculated. It's, it's more methodical in the way that you approach, you know, your angles and in, in these spaces. And, you know, I kind of equate it to like these SWAT teams that I work with. They'll be like, Hey, you know how many hunters you got? And, you know, you a handful of dudes we hunt, whatever. Well, if you're on the woods and in, you know, there's a tree, like you don't bust around that tree. <laughs> You know, what I mean? like, oh yeah, and, and, and shoot your. <laughs> That's your, how I
2: hunt. <laughs> and shoot the like, branch out of your way and, and, and just yeah, charging. and shoot
0: your prey like, like you know, like no. the Kool Aid man. Like, oh yeah, like <laughs> no, like you enter that space and there's a dude ready to shoot. Like, oh no, like you you're getting rounds of the face. Like, yeah, like it's not going to work wow. out well for you. So, like, if you're hunting, what are you doing? You're like slowly peeking around that tree, you know, and and essentially, you know, we're, you're hunting humans. Mm-hmm. So the same principles apply, and so. It took a while for it to develop and shift and change and, and get fully integrated, you know, in all of the, the training cells, because the way the training cells work, you know, at the team is the training cells are all filled with, you know, team guys, and then they train the team. So like the teams go through the training cells, which all have cadre that are team guys. But for it to get fully incorporated on both coasts, east and west, now the development group guys, you know, which most of my close friends at team two all went over there for careers, but they started doing it before the, the white side teams did. We, I had talked earlier about, like, you know, the, the East Coast having uh two, four, eight, and ten. Right, right. Well, they also have six. Okay. um right. Which is, you know, six is the Hollywood name. Mm-hmm. It, it, the actual name is Development Group. I and
2: wasn't aware of that.
0: You have to do, like, at least two rotations, you know, at a uh, or two platoons at one of the white side teams, and then you can go trial for Development Group. Okay. And they just, they were some of the first dudes over in Afghanistan doing stuff. So they started mm. to, they really were the ones that started to see this first. And then got like some of their best tacticians together at their command and said, "Hey, we need to come up with an entire new system to, to to do CQC." And then it eventually got filtered into the the White Side teams on the East Coast first because again, you had you know they're 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 on the East Coast, they're just not at Little Creek, they're at uh, Dam Neck Naval Base, and so which is why like most of the guys in the teams, if you go over to you know development group, you just say, "Oh, dude went over to damn Neck because it's just a different base." Mm-hmm. But they started you know telling us some of this stuff. One you know, of one of my deployments, I had one of my buddies that had gone over there and you know he was telling me some of this stuff, and then I was talking to my chief about it. We started to kind of incorporate some of these things internally in our platoon before we went to Fallujah, before before it was even incorporated like across the board in our training cell, mm. in our okay. training cells. Um because it is- because it was saving dudes lives. And and you know, so instead of instead of landing on the the target and then running into these rooms with our hair on fire trying to kill dudes. We would get dropped off by helicopters and do offset infills where we'd hike in, you know, for you know quite a ways, like secretly, and then we'd we'd hit them, you know, quietly at night. You know, you go in some of these places and they're still sleeping. Mm. Um, you know, it'd make little noise as possible. If you don't have to explosive breach, don't 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 breach. Sneak in somewhere else so mm. they don't know you're there. Especially in like downtown Fallujah, you know, I did a new you know a number of breaches down there. And once you friggin' breach that door, like <laughs> the whole the whole town knows you're there. Mm. Yep. and it, it's just not. To your tactical advantage you know so if you equate this into the law enforcement world like yeah there there's not you know there's certain roes rules of engagement that uh, you know were applicable especially in those early days was like the wild west for us overseas that you can't do in a law enforcement world but clearing rooms going into a structure and finding jerks with guns that want to commit crimes or hurt people is the same across the board whether it's law enforcement or us overseas and you know the, the stuff that I teach, and uh, you know, and have taught to many SWAT teams, it, it allows officers to have better decisions, make better tactical decisions. Because again, in today's you know environment, unfortunately, they persecute law enforcement. They always take the side of the, the criminal, especially in these blue states like ours. And so, you know, you want to make the best decision before you actually pull that trigger. And the type of CQC that I teach allows them to do that, to where they can. Basically, get as much like I said, situational awareness of that room before they make entry. They can de-escalate the situation mm. a little bit, right? So, say there's a dude in that room, and he and he's he's got a knife, and he and he's running. You know, he's just you know frantic, and he's goofy or crazed or whatever. And let's say you you bust into that room, you know, like the Charlie Sheen clip. You bust into that room like hair on fire. Like that might cause that dude to do something that he normally wouldn't have done. Like mm-hmm. he, he might come at you with it and then you shoot him. And then now you got a lawsuit, you know, or you got a you know, investigation stuff. But let's say you pop the door and you're slowly pieing it out from you start at the wall and you pie out and you start to look into that room. And you're mm-hmm. like, sir, put the gun down, put you know, and it, it kind of de-escalates. It brings that throttle control mm-hmm. down just a little bit and can neutralize something a lot more effectively been running into that room you know and, and 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 most of these cops don't get the type of training that they need and so ha- making them make split-deck second decisions where they got to take someone's life when they don't have to when you can do this deliberate style that, that i teach and that, that we that we work is much better options
2: for them so mm-hmm. for a lot of people who don't know this we actually filmed a promotional video for his company a couple weeks ago yeah and Dude, I didn't, I learned so much. I had no clue the, I knew you guys planned, but I didn't know quite how much everything was thought out. Everything was tactical. I know that sounds goofy (laughs) to think, but like filming you guys, obviously it was like a song and dance for us. We're trying to film, but seeing it from your point of view and how everybody approaches from a particular way, the way you communicate, the way that things are done. It's like, oh, that makes so much sense, but it's not obvious and i was thoroughly impressed when we'll show some of the footage later but man just coming in the way you approach rooms the way you communicate because you can't talk and and you made mention about you can't just tap someone on the shoulder because it could be you're trying to move them out of the way so you reach up and grab them on the you know the lower thigh or whatever it is yeah bro i mean i was impressed and i walked away with just uh, i already respected the skill set already but like i walked away with just like oh shit this is like legit stuff. And so I feel like if these cops and these SWAT teams can walk away with just some of that stuff.
0: Well, was, you know it was like, cool. But well, what well, you just mentioned, like nonverbal. Yeah. You know, so so law enforcement, you know, in the SEAL teams we were everything was nonverbal. Like we didn't want to make a single noise. And that and and and, and the type of the deliberate CQC is is a lot slower, you know. But but don't don't, you know, equate slowness with non aggressiveness, right? right? When you when you actually make entry, when you actually pie that room out as much as, you know, a center-fed room, you can pie out 80% from, from cover and concealment. You know, cover is something that'll stop around. Concealment is just hiding your signature where, you, you know, it's not necessarily going to stop a bullet. For us, a lot of the stuff in Afghanistan and Iraq, you know, the threshold of outside of the door was actual cover, like it would stop around. So it was, it was good for us to use. But center-fed room, you know, you can clear 80% of it from just pieing around the, 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 the threshold. And then all you have left is the corners. But that's it. That's the only two places that exist that, that would be uncleared mm. a, a corner fed room, 90% of it. And all you have is one little corner left. But, um, you know, my, my point to this is, is that, you know, you, you, um, when you, when you, when you, when you enter that room, it is, it is dynamic at that point. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're entering that room aggressively. Like it's not slow and, you know, anything like that. Cause you're right. punching in your corners. You're clearing those last, you know, the last corners that exist and, and calling it a day. But it's, it, it, you know, for, for for officers, you know, again, it, you want to de-escalate that situation. When you pop that door, if there's a, a, a combatant or a perpetrator inside that space, they shouldn't see anything initially. Like they don't even know what's going on. They just a door came open, right? Mm-hmm. Like versus you know, that person if, if you're if you're Kool-Aid man in that building with dynamic when you don't have to go dynamic because it's not hostage rescue. And you're just running in these spaces with your hair on fire. What what happens? You slam the door. Mm. You're you're stomping your feet. You're like clear, all clear, you're making well, like, all this noise. And then guess what? That dude almost like he if, if he's in that space, ready to ready to ready to throw down a shoot at you. Like he can almost progressively hear each room that's mm, being cleared, mm. and then just set up and just wait for for you to come in. And if he's waiting for you to come in, mm. he's going to shoot somebody mm-hmm. in that stick when they when they make entry. There's no if, ands or buts. Right. Like maybe maybe the. Three or four man or or whatever it's a four man entry might get the drop on him like but he's gonna shoot the number one or two man Mm -hmm. as he as they come as they bust in through that door in that fatal funnel. Like someone's gonna get shot. So
2: we were on the opposite side of the guns as he was coming down the yeah. hallway and i'm filming i'm focused on what i'm doing and then i look at the camera i'm like oh shit this is kind of scary like <laughs> if this was coming down the hall i'd be like my safe's over there <laughs> well that's, that's what i'm gonna
1: say is like you you well, talk about like how you you open the door and you just kind of let it breathe and yeah, see yeah. like what and happens. Then maybe maybe the dude Bam. inside maybe the
0: dude inside like he investigates right and, and that causes you when you're in your pie to get the drop on him or something like that you yeah. know like like you know the because for for law enforcement especially like we didn't have to announce, like, you know, guys were killing dudes in their sleep overseas in the teams, like, whether, you know, guys were sleeping and they were sneaking in on target and stuff. But law enforcement, they have to announce, right? They have to, majority of time, they have to say, you know, blah, 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 department, you know, and so forth. So not only, so you ha- you pretty much have to do that in an LE environment. So you're going to announce yourself and then you're going to run into rooms with your hair on fire? Yeah, right. Oh, boy. You, you, you know.
2: But every movie I've seen, that's the way the good guys win. <laughs>
0: yeah. No, I know. I get I, I get lie. a lot of comments on my videos on social media, you know, like, that's not CQC, you know, what I'm putting out yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And it's like, problem is they don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't understand what they're looking at because they've only seen the movies. They've only seen, because it looks high speed and cool. Right. Yeah. Um, but as, as your video that you did for me is evidence, like you can still make it look cool and high speed, but be tactically sound. Yep. and and come home to your family at night
1: yeah, yeah. well and you, you guys know. talk about being on the receiving end of this these tactics again if you're the guy in the room even if you're a good guy and somebody dynamically enters the space that you're in and they come crashing yeah. through uh like my wife I think shoot you re- no matter your who. response <laughs> is to like arm up and respond to because like yeah. yeah you don't know what's happening you don't no. know like what's going on so like no even even like even crash in every room like it w- Back in when I first came to the
0: SEAL teams, you know, we're running in Kool-Aid Man with our hair and fire, we're crashing every room. Yeah. But most most and especially LE groups and, and most teams, they throw crashes like very close within that threshold of the door.
1: So like crashing meaning like a like a flashbang. Like, like flash yeah. Okay.
0: <clears throat> but let's say that dude is like deeper in that room, it's a larger room. Like that might not affect him that much. But now what did you just do? Now he knows there's like mm. if he's deeper in that room with his gun and you crash that the opening, oh now he's he's gonna direct that fire. And now you're entering dynamically. Yeah. Like, I mean, wow. we, we we a lot of team guys have died because of 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 not changing these tactics. And so I'm passionate about you know teaching law enforcement because you know you know they're still out there you know slinging you know they're all still out their gun slinging and doing it. I'm I'm you know that kind of part of my life is over and I'm just teaching now. But you know if these guys can go home to their families at night, that's that's my passion. And and to just show them like, hey, you know, here's what we learned from you know hardened opposition and combat. Some, you know, you guys want to think about, you know, doing business this way.
1: Is that like why <clears> you've now taken the path of, of teaching and training? Because like, it seems there's a, a lot of different paths that guys will go down when they get out of special operations. Some of them are really, they gravitate towards like the fitness element to it. Yeah. Some of them, you know, are really entrepreneurial. Some of them, um, you know, end up training, doing tactics, things like that. Um, some of them, you know, end up doing security contracting or, or things like that. We could, we could talk about your experience with that, but yeah. you've ended up kind of in this space of training tactics. Yeah. Um Is that, is it because it's, it's a passion you've seen the difference that it's made?
0: Yes. I, I mean, it, it's a, like, I just love, I, I love CQC. Like it's fun for me to teach. Like I like setting up, I like setting up like a, you know, a scenario and mm-hmm. then thinking like, how would I clear this? You know, this mm-hmm. this one company that I've worked for, um, you know, that, that, that's former SEAL Team 6 guys, they, they. We go out to sites, buildings we've never been in, been in, and then we have to set up, you know, a whole run. Like we have to put caution tape on stuff that's not in play and put stuff in play. But it's fun because, like, I I'm in that building for the first time and I have to think like, how would I clear this? And then watch them clear it and then debrief them. You know how I would clear it. So it's fun for me. Like I would teach CQC every day, all day, mm. if I had the opportunity. Like teaching firearms is. Kind of fun, but it's it gets lame, sure. you know, and and especially sometimes certain because I've only taught law enforcement, I've only taught team guys for my military career, and then I'm used to teaching LE guy, you know, LE guys SWAT, but when I first started teaching civilians firearms, I was like, it was a big rude awakening for me. <laughs> Because some of these people showing up with you know slings from Amazon that they bought the previous night and their guns doing yardstick in the ground, you know, wow. lawn dart in the ground in the middle of the, you know it, it was like yeah. it was like whoa like I gotta preach to like lowest common denominator. Um, so I'd rather do CQC. <laughs> He's like I gotta put my vest on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I need some plates on.
0: Yeah, I, there has been some classes where I'm like I wish I had my plates on right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but with my CQC courses, it's all. I use ultimate, I use paint, it's simulation mm-hmm. or, or ult, UTM or, you know, uh, it, it's all paint. So at the end of the day, like if something goes drastically wrong with my CQC, because when I teach civilian CQC, it's, it's very home defense orientated, you know, but you have, you know, guys, you know, from certain clubs in the state that are coming down and doing all levels of CQC that I offer and they're coming down. I mean, we just did a night vision CQC course with these guys. You know, because they got all the kit, they got, this is their hobby, you know, and it's a great hobby. You know, it's like, I've had people on, on social media be like, why are you teaching civilians this stuff? And it's like, well, A, like civilians were, so we're supposed to, the original intent of this country was the civilians to be armed just as well as the military Mm -hmm. and have training just just, because what, what, what if we get overrun by a foreign nation? We, I mean, that could happen and civilians got to actually, you know, fight, but the other thing is is it's a good hobby, right? Like mm. dudes get together, they have fun. They're so they're not only having fun and learning stuff, but they're also taking some of that stuff home, you know, to their to their family. You know, are they going to be probably running, you know, full-size, you know, CQC runs like they're doing like 12 dudes like hitting a whole building with me and I'm teaching them like, you know, and they got comms and they got night vision, they're like probably not. Well, in Biden's world maybe. <laughs> but uh, you know, maybe. eventually, <laughs> but but it's fun for them. It, it's all, you know, paint simunition, but it's super realistic because they're using their own stuff and, and yeah. you know, but it's simunition. So no one's going to die at the end of the day, which, you know, I, I had a class where a guy almost had a blue on blue where he shot the guy. He didn't because I grabbed the dude's you know, shirt. and are like, you're going
2: to have to buy Bud Light. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: <laughs> <coughs> yeah. If he did shoot him, I'd be like, hey, go get him a six pack.
2: Because <laughs> that that fixes it all, right? I mean, I mean, with the UTMs, with the simunitions, oh, it might. I don't know.
1: It was. a So I, I took one of your. Course, yeah. so obviously, your CQC one course, and I've done pistol and rifle. But it's an interesting shift in your mindset to actually start pointing your gun at a live target and pulling the trigger. Oh yeah, and, yeah. and impacting them with a projectile. Because, like, um, I remember you telling me that you've had guys that don't do well with that transition. No, well, you're some, always- some
0: of these guys, they the, the, for the first time, they're actually shooting their weapon at it. Because on the range, it's all paper or steel targets or whatever, and they they freeze. I had one dude, like, he freezed and went down to his knee for some reason. And then he,
1: like, it, it literally... Like in me. the threshold, right? Like when he's supposed to be shooting a, a UTM?
0: Well, no, he... he. Well, so the my role player was in the corner. He had made it... He had already pied the threshold out. He made entrance into the corner. And oh, you
2: have role it, players? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I got dudes running around with realistic-looking guns that you shoot at and stuff like that. Wow. Various scenarios, but, you know... They're we, wearing
1: lots of padding because the UTM would hurt. <laughs> oh, it sucks. It hurts
0: pretty bad. But, uh... He came in and he froze and then went down to a knee and then I was like, Are you gonna shoot him? And then he shot him. <laughs> but it, but he just, just didn't know what to do. Yeah, didn't know wow. what to do. And like in a real life situation, you it's you don't want that happening. I don't like require like you gotta be to this level training to do sure. my stuff. Like you can be there was one dude that just got his Foyd card like two days ago, only never really shot his rifle and he did the course and did fine. Because as you, you took it, Dave, it's very progressive. It's yeah. very you know, it, you don't need to be a lot of these people see these courses and they're like, that's way over my head. I, I can't do that. No, it, it's, you know, I have females to take the course and moms and it's very home defense orientated. I mean, we literally start from the ground up, like here's a door, here's where you'd want to open the door, you know, and, and build upon that, that, that foundation. So, you know, some of these people get turned off, I think, or they maybe aren't, you know, signing up for the class because that's above my level, but sure. <clears throat> it, it's not, you know, and, and it is pain at the end of the day. So, you know, it, it, but you still, you know, you You don't ever want to have a blue on blue, but it's still, it it is still pain at the end of the day.
1: Well, I feel Uh, like you do a really nice job of preventing that first off. Um, I, I made a mistake at one point, uh, my, you know, Dave little, Mm -hmm. he was, so it was a couple of Daves that were, uh, uh, you know, doing like this two (coughs) two man CQC. And there's a couple of points where, um, I got my barrel a little too close. And you were right behind me yeah. and I didn't know. And you popped my elbow up, like, get that out of there. <laughs> like, don't shoot him in the back. Yeah. Um, so, like, you're, you're definitely, you've spent your career managing this same scenario with live rounds. So, yeah. like, you're very serious about it. It's not, a, a you know, something to mess around. But I, I did feel like the, the people in our group, there was a broad range of, of yeah. skill levels, a broad yeah. range of experiences to where you had some people that were quite you know, comfortable with their weapon, quite familiar with, um, you know, how to manipulate it. And then you had other guys that just, they, they needed more time and that's okay. Yeah, um, I thought you paired them well too, you know? So like,
0: yeah, you kind of want to, you, you, I kind of like, I can tell sometimes with guys show up to class and the gear they bring and they're, they're the way they carry themselves, like whether this dude's probably going to be, you know, somewhat proficient or not. And I, I try to pair, you know, guys that are less proficient with, you know, with each other. And so they're kind of, cause again, you can only work as fast as that other do that you're working with right, you know and, right. and you got to be compatible but uh i, I you know I, I try to do my best you know to do that
2: he took one look but, at me <clears throat> and was like not coming into class <laughs>
1: <laughs> this guy's getting the rubber gun yeah, the training the rubber gun. Gun. The, yeah the, he's the, the target <laughs> the, the training gun <laughs>
2: well so, so real quick i want to get in a little bit into like just modern day stuff uh, <clears throat> because i feel like everybody on the internet has their opinion and yeah. everyone from I mean, anybody, a, a 12-year-old to uh, an 80-year-old person can give their opinion out, and it seems to have such weight that people, because it's on the internet, it's much. Yeah, be and they're true. playing
0: video games in their parents' but Yes, yes. So, eat, eating Pop-Tarts.
2: Yes, exactly.
1: <clears throat> Very oh. tactically proficient. I
0: yeah, yeah though. exactly. But uh, but you can learn, like, here's the sad, I mean, not sad, but like, you can learn, you know, certain tactics in some of these video games. Mm-hmm. I mean, case in point, my cousin, he, you know, I'm, I'm I've never been into video games, like Ever. Like I think yeah. my parents bought like an Inten- or they bought a Sega Genesis for my brother and I like back when we were like eight or ten and we played it for like a month and then we went out and rubbed some dirt and ate some dirt yeah. and played outside.
2: <laughs> he was playing Predator. So yeah.
0: I, I never really was into video games, but but you can learn like like my cousin, you know, got me got me into this tactical virtual reality shooter game with the Oculus thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I actually bought one just for this because you literally go into a shoot house and you're looking at your kit. And you can you can change the shoot house stuff, and we clear rooms together. And then this other guy, you know, other guys join us. And then I can walk up and I mean, it sounds dorky, but like I can walk on a catwalk above and tell them, show them, you know, debrief them. I mean, it's super realistic. <coughs> you like, say it's mag dorky. Changes.
2: That's what we did last Thanksgiving. We all like, played against zombies. We were yeah. attacked. Like something.
0: you can do mag changes. Like, everything mag mm-hmm. changes. You can pop doors. You can breach doors. You mm-hmm. can you can throw frags in. You know, and 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 it's a good way to learn. So yeah. you can learn stuff through playing. Video games, but the problem is, is taking that arrogance over to like, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that now you know actual combat.
1: Yeah. You know, all right. So, 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 so business so idea for him: you're yeah. going to start training on Oculus gamers. <laughs> around the country around the world on oculus as long as he has an
2: affiliate link where they can buy (laughs) the oculus through him there you go and he gets a 10 percent. And they
1: pay to go to his like virtual shoot house class i mean it was super weird the first time i did it i mean i got
0: dizzy you know and 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 it was it was weird because i never played video games and and this is three you know this is 3d like Mm -hmm. everything and it was weird like because we we set up a private little gaming room and then this random dude sounded like he was eight years old showed up in a room and he's like hey guys like are we gonna clear stuff we're gonna go to a shoot house and we're like how'd you get in here? This is a private room and then my cousin just like pulls out his pistol and shoots a kid in the face <laughs> and then he like the body falls down, you know and then he
1: dumps the mag into him and I'm like, Oh all right I guess this is how this, this virtual reality works. You know? That's gamers. <clears throat> oh my god! So gosh. you never know gamers who you might actually be playing against like a real Navy, Navy SEAL uh, in the virtual <laughs> world
2: but yes, as far as like everybody like commenting online and stuff like that, um, I want to get your opinion of some of the things that we've done recently from your perspective. Someone who's actually been there, someone who's been on the field. Like, what was your opinion of our like our pullout of Afghanistan? Oh. Like, what, what was going through your mind? where you watching that, man? I know I, my heart was broken, but
0: I had to, I, well, I didn't watch much of it because okay. I had to pull myself back because, you know, maybe too upset. So, um, Absolutely atrocious. I mean, I mean, what what country that we've invaded do, does not have a U.S. base on it? We got bases in Japan. We got bases in Germany. We got I mean, every every place that we've we've invaded or, or had a conflict with, we have military there and we have bases. And to just jump ship and leave all, I think Afghanistan is now like the number one arms dealer in the world. I mean, not like hundreds and thousands of sets of night vision. You know, all I mean, stuff. that it, – it's the most insane thing that could have ever happened by this communist regime i mean it's insane
1: did you spend time in afghanistan or were you mostly in iraq
0: i was more i was mostly in iraq but like for you know dudes that were in afghanistan like you know just and and guys that you know families that lost loved ones like Mm -hmm. in afghanistan like you know at the end of the day you don't want to say like was all the wars (laughs) for nothing but it's it's hard because it's like what what really you know did we you know yeah we shot a bunch of dudes that you know were hated America and and, and and all that, but it's it's hard sometimes when when stuff like that ha- it's just it's it's a tragedy. Man. Why do we have to and, pull
2: out like why so quick? Like why couldn't it have been a gradual? Why couldn't they have left a base there?
0: Because the government's incompetent and, and they, they can't they're totally incompetent and they they I don't know. I mean it's 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 nuts. It's from you know, watching it from sidelines is the most crazy thing you could ever imagine that they would do.
2: So I feel like someone like you who, who knows some of these guys, know the tactics and know the stuff that was happening at that moment i mean just seeing like how parents were throwing their babies over fences they were getting caught in barbed wire and i was just like i was broken hearted and i'd never been in that kind of combat and all the the life that it costs to go through that yeah. and and just how much i mean we left everything we left it all
0: well and, and not only that we left to hang out to dry all of our, our, our terps that worked for, for us you know and 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 those dudes you know had a major target on their face your interpreters yeah 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 and and those dudes like risked everything that you know some we had some really good interpreters in teams you know and and dudes that you know heavy combat because they they were with and and some some of them you know uh impressed guys enough to where they let them carry you know on missions and stuff and and not necessarily be like a a shooter in the stick but like you know be armed and, and able to throw down if they needed to because they they were very loyal and we just hung them out to dry and their families and they probably were murdered and families tortured and God knows what else it's, it's, it's,
2: do we still have like Americans over there or have we gotten them out? Finally?
0: I don't, I, I mean, I'm sure there's probably still
1: a handful of maybe here and there, but like, I don't know. It's well, so let's talk a little bit about like projecting American security in foreign lands. Um, because you, um, we can we can within the context of afghanistan or elsewhere but like when you served as a grs um agent grs operative it stands for global um, response staff okay it, it basically so like,
0: what, what it is, is is you are you are you are protecting like the contract you had to have six years in a soft unit so whatever soft unit it was it, your air force you know marines or army navy uh, six years and then th- uh at least three of those years like in combat like environments and things like that, and then we, we basically were the armed security for field agents to go out and collect
1: intelligence for CIA field agents. Yeah. So you guys would work. You'd be based out of though, like a CIA facility or compound or an embassy.
0: Yeah, some FOB um, or, or you know Ford operating base or some place where they were you know they were stationed, and then we would you know when they went out outside the wire, which is leaving that
1: whatever that base or facility is, mm-hmm. then we're we're in charge. You know. so so doing that though having the U.S having these these areas set up for either the CIA or you know some government entity um, with armed military force like at the ready it allows us to do a lot of things around the world um, gather Intel uh, project that American force um, be ready to respond uh, to a variety of global events uh, in ways that are favorable to our country. Um, did you see some of that play out in your role with GRS like how how long did you serve in that position
0: yeah so I did but when I got out of teams between GRS and that other that other gig I did in about 10 years doing you know kind of both you mm-hmm. know in in, in in both environments um but you know I unfortunately a lot of what I saw in you know the movies in Hollywood they make CIA and even the SEAL teams and all this stuff very much sensationalized from mm-hmm. from what it is like from a knuckle dragger like me down, you know, perspective of seeing it firsthand. And it's not as sexy as as you'd think. Like some of this stuff, like, because, you know, we do meets where they pick up their asset and they're rolling me. Most of the time we didn't hear the content of what they were discussing with whatever asset they were picking up, because we'd drop them off in a pod and they'd have their meeting and we go lift and then, you know, come back and drop them back off or, you know, wherever
1: they need. What be. do you mean drop them off in a pod? What that mean?
0: Like we go out, we'd, we'd, we'd be driving and they'd be in the back, and, you know, you have a lead, a lead vehicle with the TL and then, you know, the, the follow vehicle would have the comms guy. And, and then, you know, you got your other dudes in there that are just armed dudes. And we'd go pick up the asset, like the case, you know, the case officer would find, you know, Hey, here's where we got to pick them up. And we'd have certain tactics and things that we do that we would get them, we'd bring them back to
1: asset typically being like a local individual.
0: Yeah. Someone like. that they're getting Intel from. And then we'd, we'd take them back to a pot is just like a, you know, like a trailer they'd go inside. Mm-hmm. Okay. Conduct their meeting. We'd go do whatever we want for however long it's going to take, and then we'd be on radio, and then we'd go back and drop them back off.
1: But so most of those meetings happened on like <clears> your site. They yeah, we'd like bring them back
0: to okay. the the FOB or whatever base we were at. Sometimes we went to other bases and we had different locations around different areas. Um, like when I was in the Karada district, you know and stuff. You know, you know, we had different areas that we did stuff. But, uh but like sometimes we did rolling meets where you'd pick up their asset and then you just drive around wherever for however long. And then in those cases, you'd get to hear what they're talking about. All right. Cause they're going through a terp and all that kind of stuff. And a lot of the times it was the dumbest conversations. I mean, so dumb, like your uncle in the consulate, how's he doing? And then they're exchanging, like there was one move we did where there was like a million dollars in a briefcase.
1: Whoa.
0: Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, you just see like, like a lot of like gross, Waste of spend, of of money like even the site one of the sites I was at had steak dinners, sushi, lobster. It had a pastry chef like just
1: for like the U.S. employees there is that what you're saying
0: for the for the agency people. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You know. sounds like yeah, a I'm not sweet saying gig. it was a,
1: I'm not saying it was a bad site to be at. It had <laughs> had, a,
0: had a full pool and wow.
1: So and he he had a, a great is what he said Yeah, but well, that was probably interesting though. Those like having like just being a kind of like privy to those conversations and
0: yeah i mean so that 13 hours movie what that movie nailed was the relationship between case officers with with the agency people and and team guys or the soft guys yeah because you know there's that one scene where what's the actor's name that is the main actor in that uh
1: john krasinski yeah
0: Yeah. he's like being reprimanded at the table by the the station chief or whatever and there's like some dudes behind him like flipping logs and yeah. you know throwing tires and like beards and all tatted up and and they 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 kind of looked at us like you know like neanderthals you know or or, or just you know basically like like just a bunch of those guys are knuckle draggers but that you know they but the moment we get outside the wire they, they'd want us with them <laughs> you're pretty you important
1: know? yeah how many yeah. like <clears throat> with the teams with grs like anything else like how many times would you say that you had actually deployed in this type of capacity to go fight overseas or provide security or do like to do this type of work? I don't know. Like roughly.
0: I mean, I I probably have in Iraq, I probably have at least three years of my life, if Mm. not four Mm. and then other various places. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I could put a number on it really, but a lot. Yeah. Quite a bit. And it's one of those things why I think, you know, I think high school kids in this country should, they should make it mandatory. They have to go to a third world country
2: Mm. before they
0: graduate because before then they, they can, can vote well yeah before they vote before they actually make intelligible decisions so that they can see how the rest of the world lives cuz I'm telling you right now the rest of the world is pretty much a crap hole. Yeah. and 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 this states every time you know I I'd, I'd fly on that GRS gig on this private bird you know I'd got I'd drive to you know DC and I'd fly on this bird and you know again that bird it was like leather leather like first class chairs folded out like they give you a steak dinner on that thing I mean just ridiculous but you know the moment I got back you know in country I always rented a car and drove back down to Virginia Beach and the feeling you have being back in the states is just beyond you know coming over the Chesapeake Bridge and like you know people are skiing and stuff and it's just you don't see anything like that in in these third world countries what,
2: Mm -hmm. what goes through your mind when you hear all these kids like bash America and say it's the worst country in the world what goes through your mind when that happens That that,
0: that they're complete nitwits, just total nitwits and have zero like intelligence for one, but, but they, they, they have no clue apart from their little bubble and their little, their little circle of their friends. They don't understand life. They they don't understand life. They've never been put through anything hard. They've Mm -hmm. never had to do anything hard. They've been given handouts. And, and what's sad is that these kids eventually are going to be, you know, are going to assume our positions and, and this country (sighs) is going to you know, go on a trajectory even worse than it already is. But, you know, it, it's it's primarily because they are influenced by the world of academia, and it's a giant system that is trying to, you know, basically ruin our culture. And,
2: and, and, and it seems to be working, man. Stands.
0: Oh, it is. It is.
2: A lot of times, also, when kids travel, you're on a resort, or you go to an area where it's like, yeah. it's very <laughs> much like, don't leave this area, guys. And then... When we travel, we travel quite a bit uh, throughout our, our careers um and the places that we've gone, we always like going off that beaten path and you get to see how the people actually live yeah. and it's sometimes it's like, oh, we need to be thankful for what we have just oh, the yeah. fact of like within five minutes of driving there's water, there's food yeah there's pretty much anything you need and we,
0: li- we live th- the all, people in this country live we're we're living greater than ancient kings on, on, on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. greater than the ancient kings Mm -hmm. with, with the amenities, with the food, with the, I mean, I remember my second rotation in Baghdad, we, in five, we, we were doing sniper stuff and we were basically, we, we do a route recce where we'd look at different buildings, like, eh, let's put guys in there, let's put guys in there. And we'd try to pick abandoned spots, but over there, everything looks like it's abandoned. And so we'd pick up, try to pick abandoned spots. And then when we actually get inserted by, you know, whichever, whoever, whoever's inserting us, sometimes it's the army guys or whatever, we we get into that spot and we break into that that you know that apartment or whatever it was building and it, there's a family in there
1: mm-hmm.
0: and 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 it's like we got to hold them now for 48 hours in there while we
1: do our thing and then you know and all that but w- so you still operate like we're, basically someone would sort of like provide security yeah uh, they did watch the one guy
0: would have to watch the family and then fortunately they couldn't leave you know for wow. that that whole so period still operate out of yeah there. yeah we'd still use the building mm-hmm. um you know, but like, I remember this, this, this nice lady, directly was trying to feed us and, and I looked in her, you know, like I got a glance into her fridge or kind of a fridge and it was like just some like, hummus in there with, mm. and I'm like, we don't need your food, you know, but you know, she was being nice, but they don't understand. Like they just don't understand, like kids like that don't even understand what it's like to be
2: hungry.
1: You know, Do you think I, that's where some of the, the hatred for,
2: um, real quick, Irene has to I leave a bit, I guess the lady went into labor
1: ah okay my camera she needs her her camera yeah um let's pause for a sec yeah
2: um um, i guess explain what just happened (laughs) are
1: we rolling yeah we're rolling all right so we had to swap out that lens and we all had like a big fiasco because my wife is in birth video and birth uh, photography and one of her clients went into labor so we had to cannibalize some of our gear so sorry about the pause um What were we talking about?
2: Um,
0: we were talking about snowflakes.
2: Yes, yes. <laughs> and, and how uh,
0: these kids have no actual, you know, realistic worldview.
2: It, yeah. it, it, it honestly breaks my heart how much, like, look, we're not a perfect country. Nobody is perfect. But, like, at the same time, where else are you this free in the world?
0: No, we'll take for instance, like, the, the, the race baiting that goes oh, by, by, by the left in this country, you know, and kids thinking that this is a racist country and all that. No, go to these third world countries like those that sh- that ship contract I did. You know, uh, Indians and pa- like we go to ports, you know, Pakistani ports, then Indian ports. Like Indians and Pakistanis, mm-hmm. like they will just kill, they just they hate each other, just just because they just hate each other. Mm. You know, and and you look at you know the Muslim world with Sunni and Shiites and hate. I mean, the racism that supposed racism that that goes on in this country is a complete farce. You know, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. Sure, but it is not like it is. In in these other
2: countries, and they don't even hide it over there. No, no, it's it's not even. Yeah, people think we're racist here, and you just have no. clue I mean, I remember one place I went. Um, they didn't allow me in the building, and I was like, they're like, yeah, we don't like you, you're American, which you are not allowed in here. I was like, oh, Oh, and they they just kept calling me the white guy, and I was just like, oh shit, like, yeah, okay, we're not going in that building.
0: Well, if you were the white guy overseas, I was like the unicorn. (laughs) <laughs> i mean i got i got looks like
2: <laughs> really
0: well especially when i did that that grs job like we i remember we'd pull it up at stop you know stop lights or stop signs or whatever and, and it'd take a minute for the people next to us to register like look over where and, were
1: you can I ask where you were in iraq okay
0: and they'd look over you know in the car and they'd see me and they'd be like
2: heck i've never seen that they'd, white they'd guy
0: know what, something was a viking right? ship just landed on the coast <laughs> <laughs> you, know.
2: you do kind of yeah, look like uh, a viking <laughs> <laughs> that's you know,
0: cool I, I was like a unicorn
2: now is that the uh, Vanilla Gorilla?
0: Yeah, it is. It is that. I mean, yeah, that's where the name nickname came from from the, the teams. I mean, I had a whole bunch of others, but that was one of them that I. I mean, I had this. So I, I had Vanilla Gorilla Security LLC since I've had it since I was doing that CAA job because that's how they paid me was through that that LLC. And then mm-hmm. when I decided to make it a training company, I just kind of, you know, just used the, the same LLC and came up with with a logo and all that kind of stuff. Did they call
2: you Vanilla Gorilla in uh, in the in the seals?
0: Uh yeah yeah and the teams one of my platoon chiefs did um and then there was other ones like Snow Champ <laughs> Powder Powder uh, most people don't know unless they've you know that's kind of like well that's our era like that that yeah. you know one movie about the albino that has, has, has like supernatural powers and stuff.
1: so you, it's just you're you're very <laughs> is <blonde>. that you <laughs> you're very blonde and very white is that why is that the oh yeah
0: yeah and let me tell you at buds it was not good for me.
1: Oh, really? What, what no. do you mean? Because you,
0: you stood out? Oh, yeah. So, like, every dude tells you, like, you know, when he's prepping you, like, if you're asking questions, like, about Buds and how do you succeed. And they're like, just be a gray man. Just kind of disappear. But for me, no. <laughs> like, the whole class. I mean, I posted a video of uh, one of our PTs on the grinder, you know, on our Buds PTs. And, like, you can look out over that whole class. where you know, we, the, we have the little UDT shorts, little tight UDT shorts on with no shirts on. And everyone's got a shaved head. So, everyone kind of looks similar with a shaved head. And you look out over the whole class and, yep, there's ben. there's ben. I mean, I was watching it years ago. I was watching it with my kids, you know, showing it to them. And they're like, oh, there's dad. There's dad. Because they're just like a beacon. Wow. I mean, at the day one of BUDS, I had, like, multiple instructors coming up to me. And, like, you know, they're beating you and make. And when I say beating, I don't mean, like, physically beating. It's just a military term for, like, doing exercises sure. until you get smoked. But they're beating you. Which, which can be worse. Yeah. They're beat, they're beating <laughs> me on the grinder and like, you know, they're coming up to me and they're like, they're like, Are you what's wrong with your skin? Like, are you albino? And you know, and I'm doing like flutter kicks and I'm like, No, no, I'm not albino. Like I got blue eyes. Like and but they're but they're but they're but they're like they're like, It looks like you got weak jeans. Oh You shoot. know, we don't like guys with weak jeans. You know, really? It, yeah, it's all about like Yeah, what are you? Know,
1: that, you know, so you had to prove them wrong getting
0: alphas, with, you know, with good genes through the program, yeah. you know, and then it's like, you know, so so my problem was is that I either would either I could I could play it two ways. I could either slack and get friggin hammered because they 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 can like smell weakness to mm. where if you start to you know perform you know subpar, they will hound you. And then what happens with guys that, that start performing subpar if they don't if a butts instructor doesn't like you, you will not make it through butts. Because you might pass like the evolutions, but they'll smoke you, they'll like make miserable beforehand, like a before a four-mile time run, to where you can't fa- finish the pass the run. So if they don't like you, you, you will get smoked. I mean, you you, you by them and you will not make it through. Um, but if they like you, then you start to you know build that deranged father figure type thing.
2: <laughs> the rage <button>. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and, you know, so I just put out. So I just said, you know what? I'm going to get noticed. Like if my back's like, they'll look out over the whole class and my back's just slightly sagging after like 400 pushups and, you know, and, and they're like, well, I'll get your back straight. And, like that's going to happen. So I'm just going to put out as hard as I can. Every single evolution, as hard as I can and see where the chips fall. You know, and then I started doing that and then they started to, hey, this guy puts out, you know, mm-hmm. and then it worked in my favor to stand out mm-hmm. because then they know that you're a guy that puts out and they like you and then they want you to you know they don't maybe give you extracurricular activities as much
1: so you've been an instructor um in the like the naval special (laughs) warfare training detachment the assault cell um as we said in your intro so you were teaching guys cqc yeah what's is it a different guy uh in terms of like your makeup that is a like tactics instructor versus a buds instructor Uh, i know the role is really different but like do these guys like Switch like did you ever were you ever a buds instructor?
0: Like no, I, I would have liked to have been because it's like you're almost like a mini god, you know, <laughs> out there. And
2: he just you, blatantly threw that. Out there. God sounds like a well, good position. Well, it's like whatever whatever you
0: tell this them to worshipped. do, you they will do. Like yeah. I mean, whatever yeah. the power is, is insane. <laughs> but I always thought it would be. But it was, here, what's funny though is like some buds instructors, like you know, for certain guys in class periods that you went through um you know there's certain buds instructors if if it was my era guys that if we all said his name would be like oh yeah man he was freaking evil and then you end up seeing him what's weird is like you'll run into a buds instructor like, like you'll go to the platoon and like yeah. you know, one of the guys will been a former buds instructor where you'll run into him overseas like uh, whatever and sometimes they're like completely different like because they it's all psycho like like games that they play where they they make certain buds instructors a certain way and then others a a different way like even in hell week they have different shifts the alpha bravo and charlie shift and alpha shift is all like the roided out psychopath buds instructors that just beat you all night and then bravo shift is like the sarcastic ones that come in and just which is for me like screaming at me like doesn't really that doesn't make me you know more apt to quit or whatever like it almost motivates me but like when you're just like when you're when you're sitting in a chair, you know, with these the Bravo guys, and they're just in a chair like this, and they're just like, "Big in, big in." They're just not know, impressed. You know, you know, just giving exercise after exercise, like looking at you like in disgust, like yeah. like you're a disgusting human being. Like that to me is more, I don't know, just just worse. Yeah. A- and then the Charlie guys were not, I want to say coddling, but they were a little bit nicer than the Bravo guys, but they would all have these mm-hmm. personalities and,
1: you and know, this every... like an orchestrated thing.
0: Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. From a student's perspective, you think it's chaos, yeah. but I went to, so when I was at our assault salt, I went out to the West coast to coordinate some of the stuff that we were doing on both coasts. And there was a hell week going on. And I had a buddy that was a bun instructor there. And I went in and, you know, looked inside the, 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 the hell, you know, the, the first phase room and team room and all that stuff. And they had a board with like, The amount of time they're keeping them in the surf zone here and the time, you know, because it's all calculated, you know, and it's a very methodical the way they do it. But from a student's perspective, it's just like chaos. They're just like making you do whatever they feel like. But it is much more, much more calculated. Mm -hmm. But like on, on, you know, during Hell Week, every, every night you just lock arms and you'd wave goodbye to the sun. Because now the night's coming. Like,
1: literally, you'd actually wave goodbye? Yes. Yeah.
0: And they'd make you wave goodbye to the sun yep. because now night's coming and the cold's coming and they're gonna keep you out in the surf zone and all this stuff. But that's when Alpha Crew would come over. Like, Charlie Crew would leave, like the nice Charlie Crew. And I say nice, but, you know, somewhat, you know, okay, you know, like not like total maniacs. Yeah. They leave and then they just kind of like disappear off and you know just fade away. And then Alpha Crew would come over the berm with their megaphones and scream and like, "We got you
1: all night!" You know, it's Alpha's here, and we're like, "Oh gosh, Alpha Crew's
3: here!" <laughs> like,
2: are a lot of guys quitting <laughs> in, the, in those moments too. Like,
1: well, yeah, some guys are like, "Like, I, I'm
0: not taking Al- Alpha Crew for another night." Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, re- I read I read a Navy SEAL book once, um, and I quit my third chapter. I was like, I can't take this;
1: <laughs> it's too <so> stressful. <laughs> you couldn't even read your way oh, no, through. how you couldn't Hell even
2: read. No, I finished the book, but I was just like, <laughs> Oh my gosh! Oh, the, yeah. the, 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 it's they're, the mental game that's like, especially you were eighteen. Like I was so uh, stupid at eighteen, like uh, so yeah. dumb, and I, like you throw me into the middle of that. I mean, I'm impressed. I'm impressed that anybody can make it through that.
0: They're, they're master manipulators, and and most mm. guys quit Hell Week in the first. Thirty-six hours.
2: Wow, hmm.
0: which you're really not that worn down yet. You know, I mean, it's the mental, whole five right? days you get like three hours, three and a half hours of sleep collectively, Shh. but you're not. No, so the majority of guys quit in that first thirty-six, and then if you make it past Wednesday night, you're unless you get hurt, you're gonna make it to Friday afternoon when they when it when it ends. So you're saying it's you, a
1: mental thing, emotional pr- thing,
0: pretty much primary. I mean, for for the most part, I mean, the, the cold is a mental thing. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like cold is across the board sucks, you know, for, for, for everybody. Um, but you, you, there's a point past Wednesday evening to where you're on autopilot, you know, like, uh, what's that, that, Ace Ventura movie that, where he says the the engines running but there's nobody behind the wheel like <laughs> yeah you're just kind of you're checked out man and you're you're starting to hallucinate you know you're starting to see weird things like you know there was one dude that was smacking the water we were on the San Diego Bay and he's smacking the water he's thinking mermaids were attacking the boat and <laughs> another dude's grabbing at my at my boot because he thinks it's a Snickers bar he's like give me a Snickers bar I'm like oh, i a Snickers bar I my boot and uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, you just see weird, wow. weird, you do weird stuff. Now I, so I quick question. Did you have a Snickers bar hidden <laughs> in your boot? I did. Okay. <laughs> I did. But I was like, I never did drugs in high school or anything like that. So I was always wanted to like hallucinate, you know, mm-hmm. just to have the experience. So I was like excited about it. Now, like, <laughs>
1: Here he goes again.
0: And, uh, <laughs> but I think because I was like consciously thinking about that the whole week, like, when am I going to start? It didn't happen. It didn't happen. <sighs> like lights were looked weird. Like I remember seeing like light you know weird reflections yeah. off like lights and things like that but not like some dudes like we're paddling along and there's this thing around the world on the last night where you paddle all the way around the, the island Ugh. coronado island and there was one dude like we're just out in the middle of san diego we just paddling and he's like stop and we're like what and he's like stop sign
2: <laughs> and i'm like we're like no stop sign bud <laughs> Jesus, wow and he wanted to hallucinate
1: the, I tried, but I, the human body and wow. brain does some weird things. Yeah, lack of sleep.
0: I mean, like lack literally, like you are. I remember like falling asleep, standing up, like with a boat on my head. Yeah. Like and and then sometimes you know I posted a video on social media about pays to be a winner. You know, because the, the 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 everybody gets a trophy thing in our culture is so opposite to <laughs> to everything that that's good in life. But <laughs> but like in buds, it's like pays to be a winner. Like if you win a race, you get rest. But yeah. it, it's kind of a reciprocal thing, to where you start winning races, you get more rest, and then you win the next race, and yeah. then you, you know, and it's kind of like oh. a like a snowball effect in a way, to where you, you you know perform better. But having a good boat crew is obviously key mm-hmm. in that instance. But you get to rest. But like, there, I posted a video where you know we won a we won a, we had a good boat crew, we won a lot of races. But they set you down, and we set the the boat up as a windbreak, and you just sit back, and they they let you rest for however long between the next evolution, and you pass on them. like immediately you fall asleep like you lean back on the dude next to you like whether he's peeing on you like it doesn't matter because like it felt good like warm when, yeah like you. i mean it was like it was straight up like some stuff was out of dumb and dumber <coughs> on, i remember camp surf like one dude was below me and he's like your i was below him or no he was below me and i and and, and i was like dude i gotta pee and he's like just go man like and he's like and i'm peeing and he's like oh it's warm because <laughs> any amount of warmth yeah yep you know and it's kind of back to that conversation about like you don't know what you have until things suck or you don't have it. Mm-hmm. Like and that's why like in in the teams like we 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 would go sometimes in the platoons for a period where we would do you know training and different stuff where we hadn't had something that really sucked for a while. And guys would kind of look at each other and be like it's about time for mm-hmm. something to go wrong in training or some mission to go you know where it sucks because it almost like brings you back to life. And and then the best stories of best team guy stories that I have are things where they went south and things sucked you know and the camaraderie and the bondage that happens you know in in that moment and so you know like yeah peeing on yourself is not no, normal but you're warm for like 10 seconds of it but it's also a love hate thing because you're you're inside of your waistband and your your in in your thighs are completely raw like meat You know, just oh, yeah, meat because of the sand. Yeah, you know, imagine running around with sandpaper all week because they dump sand on your back, they dump sand in your pants, they you know, you're
2: you've got sand in your. What do they call that? A sugar cookie?
0: Yeah, and I mean, you see, like if you go to Coronado Island, like you know, dudes that have been through hell week, you know, because they walk around with this little waddle thing, (laughs) you know, you you know, because it you're you're frigging chafe so bad. I mean, guys, I got a buddy in my buds class that has permanent scars around his belt line Mm. from from where it was chafing. Um, but so you're. You're warm for a moment, but then the pee's burning. You're chafing, but it's just kind of like worth cost, risk, benefit. Like (laughs) it's almost worth it for a moment. Then you're like, ah, it burns.
1: So, so how does all this stuff translate to the SEAL teams? Then, like, obviously, you you do missions that suck. You do things that are hard. You do things that hurt. Um, But like, why is it so important to go through this um, to prepare guys for what's to come?
0: Because like, buds, instructors would say in buds, like, you know. I've I've been more miserable in certain spots in the platoon than butts. and at the time as a student you're like no freaking way, but then you, there's certain stuff in training. I mean, I remember this one training thing we were we were climbing Pikes Peak and doing cold weather training and and this storm came in and dude it was it was bad man. I mean dudes were almost falling off the side of the mountain. It was the coldest night I have ever experienced in that tent you know and mm-hmm. I was I was like begging my tent buddy to let me in his sleeping bag. I was like, buddy, let me in with you. <laughs> and he was like, and, and I'm like, we'll get not to butt and we'll be warm. And, and his, like, his face is just like out of his, he's all zipped up, you know, just his face He's like, no, bro, you're not coming in. And I'm like, let me in, man. Like I was peeing in my Nalgene bottle and throwing it down by my feet to try to keep oh, it warm. It, it was horrible. And so that buzz instructor was right. Like, you know, there, there was times where I was felt more miserable in certain aspects in the platoon and and it buds.
1: And so by testing that beforehand, like you make sure guys are not going to, not going to literally and figuratively quit, like when it counts most. Yeah, no, like, like, like like if I remember when that storm came in and we, if we were going to take
0: the normal, our, our point, man, the guy was navving us, you know, through this, the mountains. If, if he took the normal route that he had planned, we would have never gotten to base camp. We probably all would have, I mean, something bad would happen. So he had to reroute our plan, which took us like, basically like edge of a cliff, like crossing stuff that we normally would never have done, but mm-hmm. it was the only option to get to, to the campsite, you know, in this storm to 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 make it happen. And if we had a dude this just stop and said, I'm done, like what I mean, what do you mean? Right. Like that's not an option, but <laughs> so wow. do
2: you have any particular like stories that really just stand out as like pivotal as far as like changed you that like, that you knew, like, oh shit, this is real, or this scared the living heck out of you, or or were you just, was that trained out of you?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say, like, anything is trained out of you. Like, you're, every dude is going to, like, in a firefight or, or a violent encounter is going to experience some of those fight-or-flight systems to some degree. You know, it's just how you manage those fight-or-flight systems, which is why, like, in a lot of my civilian classes, you know, I have a slide that goes through, Different things to happen to your, your body, you know, when you're in a in a stressful situation, and you know the the. I mean, I've seen I, I I've seen actual you know military guys like an army sniper guy we had freeze when we were getting shot at by this belt fed machine gun, and I had to go back and grab him, and 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 you know he was just frozen. You know, it happens even to military guys. So like I always tell civilians, like unless you train, because whatever you whatever you train on and what you do on the range or what you do in your training is gonna is gonna translate to real life. So whatever you do, whatever, however you wear your gun, however, whatever you do in, in, in training, make sure it's exactly what you would do in, in, in real life because civilians are just not going to have the amount of, you know, put in the, enough of those situations to know how to manage it. And unless you have you muscle memory created for those certain types of things in training, I mean, even, you know, in you no know, perfect example is like, uh, magazine changes, you know, in the teams, like in training, you know, in a land of warfare environment where you're patrolling around the woods and then they, they put a, a target up and they say contact, right. And you're shooting and moving around and stuff. You're out in the woods and guys would take their magazines and they, they'd stuff them in their, in their cam camouflage tops. Like they tuck their shirts in and stuff them in so that after the training was done, they wouldn't hike all over kingdom come and have to pick up magazines. Mm-hmm. But then what happens when guys are starting to rotate overseas in, in, in combat? instead of doing a quick magazine change and dumping that mag and putting a new one, they're stuffing and taking the time to stuff it in their in their shirt. Mm, yeah. Because that's what they did, you know, in training, which is is going to equate to to real life. So nobody no no one's gonna say that that you don't have some fear or, or a level of fear of that fight or flight system being pegged when you're in a firefighter in those situations. It's just the experience of the more you're exposed to it, the more it becomes normal where you manage it
2: more. Mm. Better. So if that becomes the normal that you can manage that, what is it like <clears throat> coming back to civilian life, man? I mean, because... Well,
0: like- I, I mean, yeah, and a lot of guys, a lot of guys that get out of the teams do not make a good transition. You know, a lot of guys will go into other types of jobs that, you know, that tap that uh, dopamine. <laughs> but the problem for a lot of guys, if they get out and just do the whole, total civilian thing um, without, you know, any anything else like... When your dopamine system's pegged all the time with being in that environment, it's very hard. Like you almost need to pick up like some hobby, like base jumping, or we riding ATVs out out, out west, like uh, you know, on crazy trails and stuff to to be able. Like my one buddy that I did GRS for with for a long time, he's one of my best friends. Like he kind of had to, you know, get into. He got into racing, you know, UTVs, you know, UTVs and stuff because yeah. it was and. I didn't think it was that exciting until I went out with him and I was like, I was like, yeah, this is awesome. <laughs> I'm like, this does tap your dopamine system. Like, cause he took me on a ride and I was literally like more scared than some operations I went on because I thought we were going to die because he's whipping through, cause he, you know, he's just flying through these trails. And I'm like, this is insane. But
1: uh, they use those in, in some units,
0: don't they? <laughs> they do. We had them in, in one of our mobility cells, but they weren't as used as much as that we, you know, I didn't use them at all. Okay. But, uh, um, they even had, like, some, some guys had uh, some recce teams where guys would go out, you know, to the target and give intelligence before the assault team would come. They'd go out on dirt bikes mm. and, and, and get dropped off in a helicopter and ride off on a dirt bike and go out there and set up and, you know, give intel to the assault team coming in for the assault wow. and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, you have to... It's it's hard with civilian life to be able to sometimes to to make that transition. Yeah. But, well,
2: yeah. Do you want to... So, watch some videos. I could switch over since we don't have Irene normally to do the switching. Uh, do you want to watch? Like, watch yeah, let's
1: videos? watch a few of those. We'll wrap with with that. Yeah, um sure. and then uh, yeah, I'll switch over. Yeah, just keep be going. great. Yeah. <clears throat> so, we what we want to do. We mentioned we we're going to do this. We're, okay. We want to show you a few clips. I think some of this you'll you'll be pleased with. Some of this you'll uh, shake your head at as far as uh, tactics. But pulling clips from movies. And I want to have you kind of react and and even kind of talk through what you're seeing.
0: So my wife won't watch any really action movies with me because
1: because you're picky about yeah, it. Yeah. Well, because I'll make I'll
0: make comments. I mean, she will watch it with me, but you know, I, I've stopped making any comments to her.
2: <laughs> I mean, I show I, I,
0: well, no, she. I show her like one of my tactical uh-huh. videos or whatever that I think like the, we, the one we made, and she's like, yeah. Yeah, "It looks pretty good," and I'm like, "What's wrong with you?" <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Where, "Where's the story <laughs> though?" I know. Well, my other um, thing too is is like I married a woman who is all girl, you know, mm-hmm. because I think what I was drawn to with her uh, was that I was around a bunch of just meat, you know, and, and <laughs> alpha, like just all the time, just like you know, just dipping uh, Copenhagen, just uh, let's go kill dudes, like. And then I find a woman that's like not that, you know, like someone yeah. that's not that, and I was like, oh, this is kind of a a nice uh, break, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a.
3: What is that? Like, she's not gonna theory? sit
0: there. She's not gonna sit there and talk friggin' tactics with me, you know. Yep. But there's some dudes that like marry chicks that like literally think they're a seal. Like, you'll be at a bar and they'll be or wherever, and they'll be like arguing tactics with you. <laughs> no, no, I'm not
1: kidding. Like, they'll the that are some of them in like a some sort of like combat role. No, or no, like they're,
0: they're just their husbands a team guy and they're 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 because they were a frog hog or something and they they went after that you know. Beca- <laughs>
1: hold on, hold on. <laughs> What's a frog hog? Wait, frog hog? Frog <laughs> hog? What'd you say?
0: It's these chicks that just want to go after you know date seals, really. Which that's... my wife was not one, you know, not that at all. Yeah. So
2: we learned a new word: frog hog.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: I take it that's not a compliment. Um, no, it's
0: just <laughs> basically well, you know, like a, like you'd have like your to term like a gold digger for some, yeah, or like, like a like, um, it's just chicks that want to be with team guys.
1: Or uh, what do they call it? The girls that go backstage? <laughs> uh,
2: groupies. groupies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that's
0: essentially what it yeah, is. Yeah. It's a groupie.
2: All right, so Super did we want to do the – what was the name of the movie that we – So uh, pull up – Jake, do you have that list in front of you? I do. What First, which one do you want to see? Pull up uh, clip four. Give me a second. Um, do you know the name of it real yeah, quick? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's the movie Navy Seals.
0: Okay. Which uh, I'll say as yeah, a one. caveat, there's two actors in this movie that were in my butts class.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Like playing, playing team guys? Yeah. Was it Charlie Sheen? <laughs> no, not, in, not in this one. In, in, was in, Charlie in, Sheen in your butt's No, spot? in Act of
0: Valor. Oh, really? My swim buddy is, I don't know if I should, well, I guess I could say Well, well hold on, we're going to. he was in the movie. Hold on, we're going to we'll talk get, about get him His name's Ray Mendoza. He was my swim buddy. Like, so I, I, I didn't, the Act of Valor when I wasn't like, I, that wasn't like something like, oh, I'm going to go watch Act of Valor, you know? Uh-huh. Which, in these guys' defense, they kind of forced them to do it like they made them do it in a way for recruiting thing.
1: It felt like you know? uh I enjoyed it a lot. It felt like a recruitment.
0: Yeah, but they kind of life. forced them to do it. And another guy, the, the, one of the guys in your uh he's got a gold tooth, AJ James. Uh-huh. He, he was in my bud class. In fact, okay. I actually just worked with him not was too he? long ago on a contract. Yeah.
3: Uh-huh.
0: And uh and so when I watched this, I'm just like I you know, a buddy, you know, wanted to watch it with me and I'm like, "Fine, I'll watch it." And and we're watching it and I'm like, "What?" Like it was weird to see them because yeah. I hadn't seen them since Buds, you know, on the big screen.
2: Uh, but so um, I'm going to push play on this one real quick. It, it, review this one is so, okay. so Jake. It, go, what is this one? This is Navy Seals 1990.
0: Yeah. Oh, Paxson goes to thermal switching. To st- <laughs> Do you want to watch <laughs> it? Not starlight
1: switching well, here, to hold thermal. On. Hold on. we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna watch from Classic. uh from uh Jake a minute and thirty seven to a minute or sorry. Sorry, 37 to a minute 50. 37 seconds? Yeah. So okay. they're, they're, they're in the... They're doing like... They're moving through the street.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I, okay. it, you find know the movie. I know every... You know it well. Every. Okay. I, oh, here, here we go. <laughs> in fact, I use this clip in my night vision class.
1: All right. So just talk us through anything you see, good or bad. If you're the if you're the instructor. Make sure it's well, down enough, Jake, where so he So first of all, pause. Here. First of
0: all... First of all, they're running around with MP5s, okay, which is nine millimeter, which is not, you know, it's not, the movies are not like real life. Like, we, <laughs> I've shot dudes before, uh, you know, actually, one of the first guys I shot, like, they didn't go down right away.
1: Oh, with no. a, with 223 or 556? Five, yeah, five, five,
0: five, yeah, they didn't go down right away. And especially like early in the wars, they were using green tip, which is a tungsten core round, which just zips right through them and doesn't do anything. If you're oh. shooting at them behind a car or some kind sort of, you know, some sort of structure, it's, it's, it's good. Cause it'll penetrate through it, but just flesh, it just zips right through. But like, you know, that's why I, I harp on in my concealed carry classes and stuff, shot placement, you know, headshots, you know, or, or right through the heart or something that drops that blood pressure or completely, you know, renders that, that individual down immediately um, because they, they just, I mean, you know, even hunters, like you shoot a deer with a, a Sabbath slug and they still, still runs like 50 yards and it's got a giant hole through its heart. Well, humans are resilient as well. And they're the same. I mean, I was shooting these dudes, and they were still running. I thought I was missing. No, I was hitting them, and just they hadn't gone down. But wow. my point to that is with this 9 millimeter. Now, in their defense, like, that's what they had back in the day for further for, for CQB. They had MP5s. Like, you know, I still had some in my inventory when I was an ordnance guy. When I showed up to the team, I was in charge of all the gun stuff. And I, I, I still had some in my inventory. Nobody used them. It was more of, like, a nostalgic thing. Like, guys would go to the range with them just for fun from because of this movie yeah. you know primarily but it's 9 mil. it's it's not super you know it it just does not have the knockdown power the long guns they had at at this time 90s was M14s which you know were just large you know large rounds like they just didn't they didn't have it's like a 308 or something is that what that the was? M14s yeah, 762 762 um but yeah they they you know I would not choose an MP5 in in this cuz this isn't they're they're outside so this is more of a, a of a urban you know uh what we called salk and the seal teams or mount uh you know type urban
1: environment and mp5s not good no so so going? i want to ask you they they referred to their sniper here that we're going to see as god yeah what any comment <laughs> no that it's just that it's awesome
3: <laughs> okay <laughs>
0: Also, <laughs> 50 cal, that's what he's using here. Okay. None of my snipers, you know, in, in my platoon, I had to lug their guns around as you were in Sky all the time. Never broke open their 50 cal's ever. Ever? Too ever. big? Maybe in Afghanistan, a few guys might have used them, but never did that thing ever come out.
1: Hmm. Huh? Why? Just the the weight
0: of it. Here, pause it for the, a second. It wasn't super accurate. Uh, and it just wasn't practical for, for what the type of stuff that we did. Super yeah. loud, too? Because I, I think in, in, when they, the way they got into this target is they they hate they haloed, they, they jumped into it, right? So you got to jump that thing in, <laughs> which is <laughs> extremely heavy. <clears throat> and yeah. then you got to hump it into your target? No, because most of the stuff we all did was get dropped off by helicopters and hiking in. You're not yeah. lugging a 50-cal around, but it looks cool.
2: Yeah, it looks great. Uh, well, but movies story. never lie, buddy. I know. <laughs> All right, so he, he flipped on
1: he flipped on thermal.
2: Which
0: okay. is not thermal though. Like it's some computer animated. He's seen look at the thermal. Here. Here, we go go back. Oh, yeah. Back. We go, go back.
2: back. Okay. Okay, this. Yeah.
0: Nothing yeah. on starlight. Switching to thermal. Or Starlight. Is a you thing? can't see through freaking walls with thermal. It's on TV, it's real. You know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And the thermal they had back then was like just a joke. It wasn't even like they didn't have a scope that was thermal back in the nineties. Okay. N- none of that. <clears throat> uh. I mean, even the thermals I had in the early two thousands were kind of crappy.
1: What about this? Watch this. There's a lot of rounds that just went out of that gun right past that guy. Oh yeah, probably man. Oh yeah. Probably more than thirty two. Oh yeah. All right, that's it. So wow. so those guys all lined up. They all sat down and lined up in the street. Is that like what yeah. is that? No. That, that,
0: that's again that that is the remember I talked about how like Vietnam era tactics to where so this is a urban slash, you know, land warfare type of environment movement. This isn't CQB, CQC. But in the in in the way that we used to do that when I right when I showed up as a new guy was, we'd be patrolling or something, and we'd take a contact, and a whole element of guys would stand up and make a movement, whether it's an aggressor movement where you're you're trying to you know flank them or something, or break away from the contact, but all the whole fire team would stand up together up. Down and then shoot at the same time, and then the other element would you know move back or move forward or however whatever the the calls were that were coming over. Is
1: for. that so? You're not shooting each other? Probably?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But okay. you, you know, you you you. But but my point is, is that the whole fire team would get up and then get down. Well, we started realizing in all these friggin' you know getting in contacts and and in firefights that like why are we having all four dudes stand up at the same time and then go down? Why don't one dude? Every dude works with a pair. Like that element is still making that tactical movement, but each dude is broken up into his him and his buddy. And I'm up. Only one dude's up at a time, and the other dude's down. I'm up. He's down. The other two guys are working their thing. He's up at some time. He's down. Using cover and concealment between your bounding movements and and moving. You, you know the, the whole thing where you're all up and then you're down is is ridiculous because now every every dude is highlighted, and and his signature is exposed to, to take rounds mm-hmm. rather than having two one dude do it at a time. You know, in in these pairs and and move between cover and concealment.
2: I feel like with the military, I love history, and I see this a lot where I watch these old movies and they're talking about tactics from back in the day. You know, uh, I'm glad that it's evolving as far as with people seeing that things need to change. Because, like, think about it, man. We used to line up and take shots at each other. Oh, I know. And I I, I, I can't imagine
0: the Civil War thing. It's like, like, I don't want to be in the front row, bud. Yeah,
2: yeah, for (laughs) real. And then they, I'd be like, why
0: don't we fight these dudes from behind? And, and right. well,
2: people were like, it's dishonorable. It's like, hey man, y'all are lining up and taking turns. This isn't chess. Like, yeah. what are we doing? Do you feel
1: like Vietnam was where that like changed? Like with the, the idea that like actually the the entirely different set of rules, this sort of guerrilla warfare yeah. that that isn't honorable, like that ended up kind of being what SEALs adopted Is that kind of
0: Yeah, stuff kinda. Right? I mean they 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 teach you in the, in buds to like think differently. Like they don't want you conventional. Like none of our guys gear was the same. You know, they, you know, some guys were wearing like real tree pants and a cry top with a, with a plate. I mean, everyone had like their, their med kit in this kind of the same area so that if someone went down, they knew where it was. Mm-hmm. But apart from that, dude, you, you wear your stuff however you wanted to. Mm-hmm. And, and, but, but, but they wanted that type of thinking to think outside the box Cause then you can, you translate that to like tactics and they want you thinking differently for how you operate, you know? So like we would do, you know, different stuff to where, you know, we'd come in, have a helicopter come in, we'd already hike into the target, have a helicopter come in and land. Like we're getting off, right? Like we did things, mm. you know, in the in you know before, and then they they're drawn to that because they think we're getting off, and then we friggin flank them and hit them from behind, which we've already hiked in and set up in an L, and then shoot them like fish in a, in a, in That's a barrel. That's
2: smart, using your um, own old tactics. Yeah,
0: like like wow. I had a, a buddy of mine that uh, <clears throat> was in Fallujah, and he was a sniper, and they, <clears throat> his platoon, they drove a humvee a humvee down. And there was this area they were they were trying to draw out all these fighting age males, you know, and and you know, kill a bunch of them. And they knew they were, you know, they were there. They were just hidden and you know, kind of embedded in the in the city. And they blew up till they they got out of the Humvee and started shooting like they were in a in a contact, a firefight. And they blew the Humvee up and then they they egressed, they they got out and went to you know, fell fell back and other guys picked them up and they left. And then but it was all a show. And then all these dudes started to come out of the woodwork and like dance on, you know, and like a
1: little bar. And
0: and and then what did the snipers do? Bow, bow,
1: bow, 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 just just wow. smoked. Wow. Yeah. Dave, any other this clips you want to see? Real tactics. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, go to clip five. So this is Zero Dark Thirty, Bin Laden raid. This one right here is this the Which one you got? You know, guys that were on this raid, right? I do. Um. So. Very close friends. Yeah. So. It
2: looks like I'm already at 34 seconds in.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so, just to kind of preface this really quick, these guys obviously have already made noise on the target. Um, they've breached, you know, some outer walls and things like that. And, um, but it, it's interesting to me. I thought this, in contrast to maybe what we just watched uh, with the Navy SEALs movie, um, I, I thought that this. The documentary, ca- right? <laughs> <laughs> this, this, ca- <laughs> yeah, right. This <clears throat> captured a lot of what I, I hear you talk about, which is slow, deliberate. Um, even communicating, um, through the threshold. Yes, these guys are calling enemies out. Yeah. Um, and and particularly it shows a, a breacher. So again, just kind of want your opinion on this. So go ahead, Jake.
2: They're quieter than I am going to get pizza in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole goal, oh, man
1: definitely not dynamic no trying the trying the doorknob first you know yeah I thought that was interesting oh, Shoot.
0: so i don't know what that one dude i don't know who you know had the tactical oversight of this dude,
1: but i don't know what that one dude
0: was doing in the fatal funnel right there
1: uh so go know. back jake Sh- shooting through it. um. So he like backed away from the door standing in front of it. Is that what you're saying? Should have just got up against the wall or what?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He seems like he's in the, f- in, in, you know, what would be the fatal funnel, yeah. um, which is where you don't want to be. I mean, the other thing is that that's an outward opening door right there. Uh, You know, one of the things, I mean, and these are like, this is just 1% stuff sure. that I'm picking apart. Um, But just when I come positive. up to an outward opening door and, and I'm going to have my gun, like I call it the, the wing guard. I'm going to retract my, my my rifle so that I go up to, to do that, to pop that door. You know, it's outward and over door. It's going to swing this way. But the crack of that door is where as soon as the, if that door would open, there'd be a dude standing right there. But I have my gun where, see how he low ported his gun? Mm-hmm. You know, he put his, his gun at the low port and then he went to go open it and obviously it was locked. But I'm going to have, like, if I'd popped, if that wasn't locked and I popped it open, my gun is going to be, if there's a dude standing right there, I'm going to be able to sling lead right on, you know, right at mm. his chest, chest center mass level. Um, so that's a little bit 1% thing that I, you know, I, if I was tactically overseeing this movie that I would change. Um, but this right here, I mean, he's way out. I don't know what he's doing. Uh, in that little
2: you know exactly what it probably scene. was is some camera guy like myself was like I need to see you over here <laughs> probably and there's people arguing like no no that's not tactical it's like no I can't see it
0: yeah I don't know what he was doing out in that fatal funnel like that because you would you would, you'd would be against those walls mm-hmm. uh, uh, on both sides and and <clears throat> now obviously you need to you, you need to pry around and just sling lead through the door mm-hmm. but you're not gonna be you know out in the middle of anything so be bopping around
1: so go back Jake go you got back it one second. <clears throat> Right there. It sounds like he call he calls him out or is trying to. Get
3: a fly, eat They're down. Roll
0: your hands in the air. Hella. down, 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 hella. Down, hella. Hella. Down. Down. Hella. Hella. down. down, down,
3: down, 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 are killing us. Look off.
1: Mm. Okay, I'll pause it there. You talk about like not committing, not blowing through the threshold, and having to commit and make decisions. Yeah, that felt very slow and, um, uh, like in control. Like they were communicating. They called out. She didn't get shot in that in yeah. that uh, scenario, which perhaps could have been different, right? If they went dynamic.
0: Yeah. You know, if I was filming this, with if you're thinking tactics is like. You can pie out a threshold as many times as necessary, right? Like, like you know, I tell law enforcement guys, you know, you've taken my class. Like, you, you, you pie once, and then if, if you're splitting the door, you know, and, and you, you pie back to be split so that you make entrance opposite each other for one and two, man. But, like, let's say you, you pie across and you're pieing back, but then you hear a noise. Or you hear something, like, pie again. You know what I mean? Like, use that cover and concealment pie again there's nothing you know there's nothing driving you to run into that room so i might you know especially that dude just slung lead through it she just walked out of it i might get a full good another pie oh yeah of that space you know maybe i see that dude laying on the ground and i maybe i tap some rounds in him from the threshold rather than being inside the room like i might pie it again yeah just to just to just to uh you know get get a bit more warm and fuzzy that i know what's what's really going on in that room
1: With who you know and what you know, how much of that movie is pretty realistic.
0: There's some realistic elements to it. You know, there's obviously some stuff that I am not going to say and can't say, but there's some really cool.
1: That's the stuff we really want you to say. I know.
0: (laughs) but um,
1: Kidding. Last clip. What you got? Go to clip one or no, sorry. Clip two.
0: A guy guy in my buds class was actually from that movie. You know, that that dude that clacked himself off and killed all those
1: CIA people. From which movie? Uh, Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, he so, was in the movie.
0: Yeah, he, he earlier in the movie, it, it, you know, they, it's a, it was a the biggest disaster that the CIA ever had. With you know, this guy played him for all this time, and then you know, set up this meet with them and then he had an S vest and blew himself, you know, blew himself up because wow. he you know basically tricked him, and they didn't do the the, the 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 chick CIA lady didn't do the proper you know basically vetting and and what they normally the GRS guys normally do. Because you know she was like, "Oh, he's going to give us some high up, you know, you know Al Qaeda guy, and he's going to give us his intel." And he played him, and then blew himself up and killed about I don't know eight people or something like that, including mm. the guy that I went through buds with, mm. was doing GRS on his first contract.
1: Oh. Man, yeah, mm. this is one of my favorite scenes uh, of any SEAL movie ever. <laughs> really, this, this is the hot. Extract. I haven't
0: seen this, and I think I only watched it once, and it was like eight years. Whenever. It, came out so yeah. i don't i don't remember much from it
1: and so you you said you know some of these guys <coughs> you've done some recent contracts um overseas with these guys yeah um but i love this scene this is hot extract they've stirred up the hornet's nest they're they're running out um and then they're supported by the swick guys the riverboat guys yeah so all right let's play it <clears throat> well, to go. you
3: took one to the face man you're a hard
1: that's your buddy it? right oh, who's talking Oh, right, go back. Sorry. Did yeah, you get it. I think that was AJ.
3: Where are we? Oh, now, where's the next time? I took one to the face. Do we get it? Yes. Oh, I got
1: yeah, you. yeah, that's AJ. AJ, AJ.
3: Yeah. Splash it.
0: Splash it. Water, water, water. And that's Ray Mendoza, my swim buddy in the Oh, an
2: ankle. I got her. I got her. I got her. Oh.
0: Yeah, AJ's been in, like, Transformers, a whole bunch of movies. Really? Yeah. Wow. you just said a Will Smith movie.
2: Is he, like, the go-to guy for them? or?
0: No, but Ray Mendoza is right now. Really? Yeah, he's, like, Hollywood's go-to guy for team guy stuff.
2: Mm. Well, next movie I do, you'll be my guy. <laughs> Aren't you doing, like, a Hallmark movie next or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, pause it. So I just love this scene because of the overwhelming firepower yeah. that these, that, that the, well, they got the, the, mini, bad guys they got with.
0: the mini guns with the SWIT guys. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So what, uh, I, I think this is like a, this is a tactic to basically shoot over guys' heads as they're, yeah, in the water. Is, you ever been in that situation in training even?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, we, the, like we did stuff with the SWIT guys. I mean, unfortunately, those SWIT guys, man, they got the raw into the deal in the wars there's no freaking water.
1: There's no there, water. You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. This is like South America. Yeah.
0: So yeah. they they didn't unfortunately you know good dudes but they just didn't get you know they didn't get worked much because we didn't need
1: them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: But I mean initially like initially in a in a firefight in, like the initial thing is that violence of action like make them like realize they just stirred up the hornets' us, like you know make them question whether they really should have done what they just did initially. Um. But yeah, you're you're, I mean. If you, if you got to shoot over guys' heads, like, you got to. I mean, there, there's there's certain tactics and things that we don't violate at the end of the day, but a lot of those are, there, there's, it can be, it, it's loose. Like, you know, it, it, and guys trust each other. And at the end of the day, like, you know, you trust your buddy next to you that he's not going to shoot you. And so you can push the envelope a little bit sometimes with, uh, you know, how you do things yeah. that, that conventional units can't do because they just, guys, will, they'll have fratricide and they'll shoot each other. Mm. So, mm. <clears throat>
2: but if you do get shot, you get Budweiser, right? Or Bud Light. Yeah, you Bud Light, six pack. Like, six pack. I cannot believe that.
1: seems
0: <laughs> to you, Mister Blue on Blue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, look, we gotta we gotta wrap this. Yes. Um, we've taken a ton of your time. Yeah. Thank you for that. <clears throat> um, this has been awesome. Um, I uh, I can say, having been through a few of your courses now, um, it's incredible training. Uh, it, it is like you if you. Know anything about field teams? Um, people ha- like you hear this crawl, walk, run philosophy. Yeah. That's taught. Yeah. I feel like that is you know the experience that that uh, we've we've had and that you teach. Um, you know, it's very accepting of of people at different levels. Yeah, um, and I think even in like law enforcement departments, you probably see that to some degree. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, if you're interested in uh, taking a course, if you're a civilian or if you're a law enforcement agency, um, and uh, like there is a lot that you're going to take from from working with Ben and working from his team. You've got a lot of guys that are elite guys that
0: Yeah, I got uh, another former Navy SEAL that helps me out with classes. a uh, guy that retired out of uh, SEAL team one, three, and seven. Yeah. Uh, just he he just retired a couple
1: years ago. I got two pure, twenty something years, right? Yeah, I got two pure SWAT guys um that uh that work for me as well. Yeah. So and you've got students that travel from from pretty far. So uh if you're in the Midwest at all, we're in Illinois. Uh that's where we're we're all based. But um if you're anywhere in the Midwest and um are interested in this training interested in having him come to, you know, your agency, um, we're, we're going to put all your stuff in our description of the video. So
0: in um, our, law, in, in our, our, we're focusing on Illinois law enforcement right now, but, yep. um, doesn't mean we won't do, I mean, we'll go wherever somebody wants. So.
1: <clears throat> hey, wherever the money is at, right?
2: Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, man, for real. Thanks for coming on. Um, I've learned already so much about what you guys do. It makes me really appreciate the, the sacrifice that you guys did and, and it breaks my heart that people don't. Um, show as much respect as they should to to guys like you. So I want to say thank you from from a guy who honestly benefits from the the stuff you guys had to do. I mean, um, (laughs) I've done some amazing stuff because we have a free country and uh, it takes guys like you. And I want you to know I appreciate you. Thanks and um, so sure.
0: thanks for having me on guys
2: yeah we'll have you back sure. on again i mean anytime something happens i'm gonna call you now and just be like what the fuck's <laughs> going on and you're gonna be our resident expert yes um we need one of those uh, because i feel like so many people have their opinions on things but they haven't been there they don't know what things are like no. they have, they don't know from the guy's point of view and and uh
0: yeah I, I mean i still got buddies that are still in um granted they're all like master chiefs and about you know the, the sad thing is is that i'm gonna be you know my era of of guys you know they only probably got a couple years left and then they're Mm -hmm. all going to be gone. And then you're going to be left with nobody that's seen combat again. Like all the, like my buddies are still in that are mass chiefs and above about getting out there. Like sad thing is, is like all that combat experience with, you know, the the 2001, you know, 18, you know, or whatever Mm -hmm. is going to be gone. And now you'll still have the, the, the the tactical things that they've, you know, benefited from, but you're going to have guys that are, you know, that we haven't been in any conflict.
1: or or is the military going to be contracting guys like like you guys then to like (laughs) provide that combat experience
2: they should they should probably we should advertise to them specifically yeah hey man thanks for coming on and uh your time is valuable so thank you so much appreciate it appreciate it cool well let's wrap guys that's it